What's up, viewers and listeners? My name is Jay. I'm a registered nutritionist based here in Bristol, working with BJJ enthusiasts across the globe, helping jiu-jitsu practitioners perform their best ability on the mat whilst making sure they're not doing anything stupid with their weight cuts. On today's episode, we had what I refer to as the godfather of the UK grappling scene, Tomo, aka Chris Thompson, one of the owners of the Europe's biggest Nogi show, Grapple Fest. This show has allowed fans to see compete some of those prestigious grapplers on this big rock we call Earth. Mikey Musumeshi, Craig Jones, the Rotolo brothers, just to name a few. Chris is a black belt in jiu-jitsu and trains at Lilius Barnett in southern Spain. Chris has been around the grappling scene for years and we covered so much in such a short amount of time. As you can imagine, we could have delved into so much more. We covered his experience growing up with the Snake Pit family, multiple promotions doing him dirty, jiu-jitsu trends, mismatches, competing at the Worlds and much, much more. Thank you for tuning in, and of course, if you're not subscribed, please click that button and turn on post notifications for further content updates. Thank you as always for watching and listening, and let's get into episode 27. Oose. Right, people, just a quick one. Since we started this podcast and the social media pages over six months ago, we have not advertised once to say we are open for business. But Jay, surely you're just a podcast. Well, technically, no, we are a nutrition consultancy first, podcast and social media platform second. So with that being said, we are looking to work with some jujitsu people. Then if any of these apply to you, then we want to speak to you. Do you do jujitsu and breathe air? Then we want to work with you. No, it's not as bad as that, I promise. But are you someone who wants to improve their performance on the mat? Drop down a weight category without having to starve themselves or be concerned about being in the wrong category and fighting people twice your size, right? Maybe you want to go up a weight category but struggle to put on weight or you just simply want one of the best jiu-jitsu nutritionist in your corner. Not a bodybuilder, not some PT, right? And not some online coach who lost weight themselves. A real qualified nutritionist who understands the jiu-jitsu process, making sure you are doing everything you should be correctly. So if any of those applies, then here we are. We have already helped people from hobbyists to people doing their first competition, to IBJJF Worlds, to the biggest shows in Europe like Grapple Fest. So to get in touch, Go to our Instagram page or any other platforms you might follow us on. Drop us a message and we will book you in for a quick chat. Stop wasting time. Let's make you into that gorilla you always wanted to be. Right, now you can enjoy the next episode. Oose. Right, guys, uh, episode 28. My name is Jay. I'm the host of the BJJ Nutrition Podcast and the BJJ Nutrition Consultancy, uh, where we help all jiu-jitsu athletes perform the best on the mats whilst also not doing anything silly with their weight cuts. Today, I'm joined by, I'd probably say, probably, I like to think the godfather of the UK <laughs> jiu-jitsu scene. I won't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here with... Chris Thompson. Thanks, obviously, being here, man. Really appreciate your time here. I appreciate it. Again, you're very busy. Uh, and I think yeah, one of the busy day today. first times I messaged you about trying to get you on the podcast, you're like, yeah, yeah, we're all up for this. I'm like, oh, where are we doing this then? He's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I don't live in the UK. And I was like, all right. And I had a mission statement in my head. I was like, right, I'm going to get him in person rather than doing it on Zoom with other, it, other people. Have done. It's a lot better, isn't it, when you do it face to face? I think the recording's better, the, the, the conversations. But I've done, I have done a few on Zoom. Uh, 
especially remember when everyone went podcast mad in COVID. COVID, yeah. Yeah, so I did about four or five, which kept me entertained, though, so they were good. But then you see the quality of them and sometimes the audio or the video, and you're a little bit like, ooh, I wish yeah, I'd done that in exactly. person. So. I think it works well from a business perspective. It's a bit of networking. Everyone gets to sort of meet yeah. each other again. I think I was quite a big believer once we got out of that COVID bubble, should we say, it was like, right, let's just go back to normal ASAP, basically. Yeah, ASAP, Get yeah. things back to normal. Yeah. But um, for any viewers and listeners out there who don't know, who or potentially don't know who you are, do you want to kind of give a little bit of a introduction, background, lineage, where it all began type uh, thing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, God, I've been trained about 20 years, something I think I've done 20 years coming up, or I'm in my 20th year or something like that, of training. Uh, I've done grappling, BJJ, uh, MMA, uh, I've also boxed, uh, I've done everything, played rugby and stuff. Played. I've been I've been at it since about eight years old, I'm 48 now, so 40 odd years of wow. <laughs> combat and contact sports, so yeah, it's probably why I'm a bit crippled, but <laughs> <laughs> yes. yeah, I've been around for a while. <laughs> nice. Um, so what was the first one then, out of all of them, out of all that all that uh, list of sports, probably I'm guessing rugby being a kid or something like that, yeah? Yeah, yeah I did rugby and, and a bit of, bit of wrestling, but it was like, when I said a bit of wrestling, it was uh, hardly anything, you know, when I was a kid, I can't even remember it properly. Uh, when I was young, but yeah, rugby from about eight years old, rugby football, it's quite serious at rugby. Uh, played county level, played sort of North England level. Uh, I ended up playing in, in Africa and Australia uh, when I was sort of in my early teens. Just missed out on when it was starting to go pro. Really? Yeah, just missed out. I played in the same teams. We had like Will Greenwood and then Austin Healy was there, a couple of others around that age. We ended up playing for England, the Lions and stuff. Uh, I was in the same sort of county teams. Then I played Scrum Half and Will Greenwood played Standoff, so and he was a pretty famous um, player. So I sort of missed out on it a little bit because I had a bit of an injury and that I sort of got to 18, 90. I wasn't sure if I was gonna, quite going to make it. Well, probably could have played okay level, but you know, maybe not as good as those guys. Uh, sort of missed that out. Had a few years off because I'd missed out on some of the growing up things and sort yeah. of went on, the, went on the piss for a little bit. As you do, <laughs> as you point, do yeah. yeah. Still, still always you know, got myself in the gym and I was play, you know, in the gym, played five-a-side, played football, stuff like that. And then got to sort of, I think it was like 28, 29, something like that. I was always watching the UFC, I'd watched that for a while, things like yeah. that. And then I was actually living in Spain then, because mum and dad live over there. They've been there for 25 years, something like that. I was over there for a bit then, and uh, I was in Marbella, in the gym, and spotted a load of them rolling around on the floor and looking through the window and sort of seeing, I thought, I'll have a go at that. And then yeah, that was it, really. Start training. <laughs> that's, that's normally how most jiu-jitsu yeah. stories like you have a look at it yeah, and go, it like, go on then, I'll stand up. A few lads have a little go. Well, I was used because I played rugby and stuff. I was used to contact, used yeah. to all this. Um, and they were training. I can't, I've been asked this before and I can't remember if they were training Gil or Nogi. I can't remember. I think it was Nogi because I was more interested in the MMA, so I think it must mm. have been. But I generally sort of can't remember. Um, anyway. I think I ended up doing a session on the Monday and that was it. I've never stopped training. Really? <laughs> yeah. <That's laughs> really cool. Just carried on. I still can't get my head around when I see you guys obviously out in Spain doing gi classes. I'm like, Jesus Christ, like with the I heat do. and stuff. <laughs> 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 I just see it and I'm like, oh my God, that must be it, it fucking... It is so hot. Everyone comes over and saying, yeah, I'm going to come over in July and August, you know, when they mess me around. I go, don't. Don't <laughs> come. Because it's not nice. Because everyone thinks for the holiday, it's 40 degrees outside. Yeah. It's a massive warehouse we're in. It's a huge. Imagine how hot that is with the heat rise and everything. You know, and I teach 10 a.m. no gig sort of through the week, and the gig class comes on at 12. And then oh, by the time it's seven o'clock, they're doing no gig and an eight o'clock gig class. It's unbelievable in that you walk in and you're sweating. You start yeah. sweating straight away. And I'm just like, you're mad. Don't come then. Come in 
you know, May, June. September's my favourite month because it's a bit cooler at night, September, yeah. October. They're your best times because you'll get away from the cold weather and it's nice. Don't come in July and August. It's full of tourists. It's packed out. Loads of people. It's red hot. You know, even the Spanish don't train. They literally get to the end of, end really? of sort of, uh, they get to the end of June or July and stuff. And they say, I'll see you in September. And I'm like, oh, you're going away? And no, no, I'm just slipping a month off. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That's interesting. Tell them not to come. <laughs> well, again, I, also, I took the approach, I think it was, in my blue belt career. I was like, right, okay, I'm going to start doing the Australian thing and do a gi in the winter and then no gi in the summer type of yeah, thing to yeah, manage it. To and that, I don't yeah. seem to have got back into the gi yet, which is the problem. <laughs> so I'm kind of just stuck in no, no gi for the time. I've not, I've not really trained properly for must be probably about five years. Uh, I mean, I only ever did sort of like, two, three days, and I always kept no gear. I had a period when I did, for about four years or so, and I did a bit more, so I sort of wanted to get my grades and stuff, and I went through that, and I, I had a neck injury, really, initially started it. I was just getting snapped down every time I did that, and I thought, I was going to do some gears easy. <laughs> it's not as tough, is it? Yeah. So I did that, and plus, to be honest, I wanted to, I wanted to sort of, you know, see if I could get through the belts, and I wanted a little, a little go competing, because I'd stopped doing MMA and stuff like that, and I thought, what am I competing in the gear, and, you know, just, having a little, just trying it out, and, uh, yeah, sort of went back to it there, and, I mean, I was, God, by the time I went back then, obviously, what, 2013? I think I started, like, 2005. So I've been training a long time, so mm. I knew what to go. And I got a blue belt in 2008. I think just gave me one, because I used to go to his class once, and then just because I was beating all his blue belts up. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just give me a blue belt. Yeah. Um, and then, but I never wore the gig ever since then. I hadn't worn it. I think I've put it on a couple of times over there, but and then came back and decided to do it. I was passing guard, getting collar choked and stuff like that. But once you learn that after six months, yeah. once you learn to, to deal with it and start, I, I, you know, I enjoyed it. And I did enjoy competing in it every now and again. If, if I think at the lower belts, the, the, the competing's not bad in the game, blue, purple and stuff, because you see them, they go for it and they're trying to sub each other still. As you get to sort of brown and black, it slows down so much because I think people know that if you make one mistake, it's it, it's done. If you yeah. score two points at black belt, it's normally done, isn't it? The whole yeah, fight. And yeah. it'll just get shut down. You score those two points off a takedown in the first minute. And that'll <sighs> be it. The guy won't it, or he'll do it. Or if you get up and he gets back to his feet, the other guy will pull close guard on him and never let him out, will he? Well, this is what it is. And it's finished then. And I was just like it's another topic. I'll try and hold it off for later. But again, it was the case of where you look at IBJJF nowadays, it's normally like slap, tap, and then whoever can touch the feet first. It's changed a lot. And it was like hold that position for the rest of the match. And that seems to be a tactic at the early stages. Before they even it start is. getting into like into the proper rounds, it's not. It seems it is. That yeah. is the tactic, yeah. And it's, it's you know, try and score, try and just get up and advance, just do that. And it, it, people are that good these days, and they you know they know the rules that well that, that, that they play the game and they win. Mm. And you're like, and I always say, listen, it's up to you to to stop it. So it's you, you know, it's, yeah. it's if you're going to play the game, you've got to beat it. So it's no one's fault. It's just it doesn't interest me as much. So you no. know, people think I hate it, and I take the piss, and I, I go along <laughs> with it and have a laugh. But at the end of the day, it's like do what you enjoy. Do you know what I mean? So, and I do. If you go, if you see, watch someone like Tommy Langer in the gi, brilliant to watch. Uh, yeah. Sebastian Brosh, he comes and trains with us. You know the yoga for BJJ guy. Yeah, he lives in Spain as well now. I um, mean, he comes in and watch him in the gi. He's brilliant, just attacking you all the time. Santeri in the gym, you know, yeah. they're trying to they're trying to stop. But there's not that many of them around. Mm. Where in the no gi, there's more. I think more. people who you'll get two of them and go. Let's, Let's go. have a go. It does yeah. take two to tango. If yeah. one wants to go and one doesn't, it's difficult. It's difficult to make 100%. somebody. Do it. So, uh, in combat, so I don't know what people think of yeah, I, don't, I don't hate it. Yeah. Um, so I want to touch on, obviously, like I said, you went and saw obviously a class, was like, always oh, give us a go. You yeah. mentioned that you're doing MMA as well at the time. When did that, was that at the same time of starting? Yeah, well, yeah. I, wanted to, I wanted to get into MMA, you know, okay. I, liked, I was watching it, you know, and um, this is about 2005, so it's around the time of uh, Boris Griffin and all them, but I was watching it before. Yep. 
I don't know if you, if you remember back, but a few of the older people remember. It was like a thing on Bravo, and it used to be on on a Sunday night. And it was about, they only had shows then. God, I bet they were only every two months, something like that. And they used to show like a knockdown version of it. Because the cards weren't even that big then. No. Uh, and they used to show on Bravo on a Sunday night. I remember watching Ian Freeman on it. Uh, a couple of others, you know. Just like guys like Lee Regis was on it even before that. So I've been watching it for a while. Just Pride yeah. as well. Used to watch those, get them on the internet. Sundays and stuff. Yeah, mental, mental. And I always, I always liked it, you know. And I always thought, it's, you know. I, I like boxing, but, you know, just the way it was. It was and again then, especially Pride, of the 10-minute round in the mm. first round. Which I think I'm a purist, and I think in MMA, if it's going to be 15 minutes, it should just be 15 minutes. Yeah. Don't have rounds because people play for rounds now, and like just yeah. have a fight. 50. And, and you used to see those 10 minute rounds used to separate the men from the boys. Yeah. So I loved all that. I know I'm digressing a little bit, but it's uh, so good. I, I like that, yeah. Um, so basically, yeah, I wanted a little go at it. So and I, I could strike already, I could box and stuff like that. So did the boxing so, come at the rugby stage as well? Yeah, I'd well done it when I was a, you know, not a kid, uh, you know, sort of 14, 15, you know, yeah. doing it, yeah. Well, no great, you know, anything like that. Just, just, you know, so I could do a bit of strike and do this. I always liked to scrap. So I was like, yeah, let's have a, let's have a little go. Something to interest me, really. It was the yeah. first sport that interested me since rugby. Really? Which had been about 10 years, I'd given it up, you know, so it was the first one that properly interested me. So there's an interesting question, we've got a few guests who've done previous rugby and they'll know for scrapping on the pitch, like, <laughs> were you one of them as well? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Play scrum half hours just to wind people up, and, you know, like, nothing's changed, and, we had, uh, yeah, end up in fights all the time. <laughs> we had um, uh, one of our show sponsors, uh, Dan Bassett, Grappler Soap, and he yeah, said yeah, that yeah. he was known for like literally seeing something across the end of the pitch and he's away, he's just sprinting across, just ready to go, no, what, here we I go. Wasn't like that. I was just normally the one that would just be going, uh, I just wouldn't show up and then be like that. Be it, so so it's it kind it. of like went in hand that we, were like, yeah. we now found and a then. legal way of like having a scrap <laughs> yeah, with someone. Yeah, basically. It was, and, you know, I, never, I was never one of those people who uh, really took it personally either. That's why I think I can have a bit of a laugh. I don't take, don't take stuff that personally. I'm like, you know, just had a scrap and I'd be the first person to go sound me. Nice one. <laughs> <laughs> so I, 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 think, I think that can be a lot of people. They say all this ego at the door stuff. I don't. Everyone's got an ego. I think you've got to have some sort of ego. Uh, but it's like it, it, taking it personally and really taking it to heart. I think mm. different things, aren't they? You yeah, know? definitely. So we had the MMA. Uh, what was the first one we competed in? Then was it MMA then, or was it jiu-jitsu? Do you know what? Not sure, because I did do. I was thinking about it. Because people said to me, because I only started really start doing serious grappling comps like when I got a purple belt. Because I wouldn't say that I got this blue belt. And, I was just doing MMA all through the time, but I did do uh, two grappling comps when I was uh, like first started, but I can't remember. I think one of them was definitely must have been the first one, and then I had MMA fights, and then I think I did a, a grappling one in between as well. I think so, but I'm not 100%. I've been asked before on, on this on another podcast, and I, I remember thinking about it when I, when I listened to the podcast back, and I think I got the timeline wrong. But it's like 20 years gone, I've been punched a lot, yeah. so I'm like... You're <laughs> <laughs> doing all right, I can tell you. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure, but you said it was around that 2005 time um, that I competed first. The MMA, the first MMA fight I had was 2006, yeah. Because I had my first pro fight with the pro <laughs> in okay. 2007, yeah. which I can tell you, you know, it's just like madness that it was even a pro fight at the back then. But the rules were all different. Like Even to this day, I don't actually know what fights I had in what rule sets because... There was, was these things called chains of like, no, amateur, yeah. semi-pro, B-class pro and pro. It's like Thai at the moment. It, was, you got it all was mad like that, yeah. yeah. And I think amateur was, I never thought that. That was, I think no headshots stood up and shin guards, I yeah. think it was. 
and I never fought like that. I fought this semi-pro one, which was all strikes, everything was the same. You just couldn't, um, no ground and pound on the floor. You could only grapple, but all shots, knees, yeah. kicks, punches to the head were nice. fine. And fought, I never fought in eight ounce gloves, it was all four ounce gloves. Uh, B-class pro was the same as what we have pro now, but there was no elbows on the floor right. and no heel hooks. And pro is what we have Everything. now. Yeah. So I fought those three rule sets, but I don't know which fights. Which yeah, because I've got pro, I've got fights listed on pro that I think were, were B-class pro with no elbows, no heel hooks. And then I've got fights that I thought were amateur listed, you know, the other way around and yeah. stuff like that. So I don't actually know to this day what I actually thought. And it was, what were the outcome of the fights and submissions out of interest? Or were they... No, never had one submission in MMA, <laughs> which, is, which is mad. <laughs> never had one, you know. And uh, I mean, I think record, in amateur, I was, I was above, I think it was like six and three or something like that. And then I think it was the other way around in pro was three and six, something like that. But I've never had, anyone says that, no, they're all ground and pound. I've a couple of knockouts, got two knockouts standing. Yeah. And, um, and then a couple of uh, ground and pound finishes. I've got one because the idea then was you've got to finish ground and pound, then they can't say nothing, you yeah. know what I mean? Rather than you're know, tapping with an arm, but oh, I got caught. Because there was still that grappler striker thing. Back yeah. Then. And now I'm known for grappling more, but back then I just wanted to punch people. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So at what point did you kind of hang up the gloves with the MMA side of things then? Uh, I think the last fight you had was 2010, or was it 11? Just getting fed up and getting punched in the face 11. by that point. I was point. getting old, you know what I mean, by then. That's what, you know, 14 now, so I'm thinking, what, 36, something like that. So yeah. I was like, like, you know, I was working a lot as a young kid, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, yeah, sort of met me missus back then and everything else. I was still training all the time, but I got, I said, I got a couple, I got a knee injury and I got a really bad neck injury, mm. really bad one. I just couldn't shake for about a year. And for about a year, I was basically going to the gym, hitting bags, doing weights, doing cardio, and once a week I'd spar, and that was it, because that was all I could physically wow. take on my neck. And that's where after a bit, I just got off, I've had enough of this. And that's when I started to go and do gear, I think about 2013 or something yeah. like that, yeah. Had that, so I had that injury, yeah, so picked it up. But then funnily enough, after all these, I never got injured, never had a serious real injury. Really? That was the only real one. I didn't have any for about, I, I got knocks and yeah. like we all do, you know, yeah. off, but it was like a week off here, two weeks there. And in the last three years, I've just been like, absolutely fell apart. <laughs> but I think it's all come from all that training <laughs> over the years, you know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, I never really had a serious injury for ages. I used to just do really well, shake everything off and do good. And then, yeah, I think I just took a bit of a beating though. But we, it, the training was different. It was, it was brutal. Yeah. Training was brutal. Now, the guys are a lot more skillful. You know, the, the people in four or five years now come through and I can't believe what they can do in four or five years. Because we, really? we were still just doing armbar, Kimura, triangle you know just basic shit you know mm. but you, you got good at it but what was better what a light back then it was tough it was really tough you know yeah. the training was hard they put you through it all <clears throat> mad you know you do a five minute round then it'd be a minute of conditioning in between straight back on the rounds and stuff like that your rounds were brutal you'd be just getting beaten away it was grinding horrible style yeah. and it made you tough so you could so and that's definitely won me a few comps because when the chips were down and you were both knackered, you could look at your opponent and they're like, he's going to melt him in a minute. You know? yeah. I'm, I'm going to get this last minute. And it definitely makes you mentally tough. But the skill level now is like ridiculous compared to compared to Batman. So would you say if you had someone with that mentality from back in the day, those grinding rounds type of thing, and put them through the mill, like that five-year gap, as you kind of mentioned there, yeah. you're going to have like a superstar to I some degree, so. I think. Yeah. Do you think we've become a bit more soft now with I training? Think we definitely have, yeah. And you know, people can scoff at it or whatever they want, but they weren't there. And yeah. it was tough. And it was brutal. It was probably hiding the fact that we weren't that skillful. 
so yeah, we, this is that. the way we did it but if yeah. you could put the skill set these guys have got now mm. with that grinding mentality which I think these the superstars of you know the top elite guys have got you know what I mean mm. but I mean the general people because the only people who went and did it don't forget there was no real pro fighters back in back then you know like to Bispin and stuff like back then was, yeah. was, was just he says openly he was skint he was still trying to fight on cage yeah. warriors and I don't think he got in the UFC I think it was like 2008 or 2000 something like that when he got in the UFC through the ultimate fighter and that and I don't even think he had that much money at first but you know and he was the UK's top guy so everyone was just done normal jobs and did normal shit and yeah. we just got in at night and beat each other up so you had to be a special kind of weirdo to go and enjoy that yeah, <laughs> at night time, exactly. do you know what I mean? Whereas now you've got these kids coming through, you know, which had Joel and Christian here before, and they're training twice a day, mm. every day since they've been, yeah, you know, since they've left school, they're 16 years old, and they've been training since they were kids before that. If you can put that skill set with that, with that grinding mentality, that I think that's the, uh, the top guys. You've obviously been in this and you've seen cycles of different things and like trends yeah. and stuff, right? The leg lock cycle that came through five years ago was like laughable because we were like, it's like, it's, like, it's like 2008 all over again, eh? <laughs> so I but, but, so I got the old t-shirt. <laughs> again, going into what I've just said, they've developed and got better and better and better. But it was like it was supposed to be this new thing and there was all this, everyone's talking. And to be fair, they're all saying, oh, the Brazilians said no to leg locks. They didn't all of them. The gay guys sort of did, but they were around. Everyone knew them. Everyone knew mm. did no leg locks. They just they weren't using them. They weren't as effective. Probably yeah. because people were a bit shit at them. Yeah. They couldn't finish people, so people would smash them. Whereas now, people know how to control the legs a lot better and they get better. But yeah, it goes in cycles, I've seen. You so know. do you think that grinding mentality will start going back through at some point? Or do you think it's lost in time? In grappling? Mm. In BJJ? No. And also, because now it's a big business, you've got guys who were solicitors, you know, bank managers, you know, guys who work in a building site, guys who, you know, I want to say guys, I mean women and men, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, you have these jobs and they can come in three or four times a week, train like that as if they're doing UFC, enjoy themselves and go up. Do five rounds, learn some shit and go up. Mm. It's a business and enjoy it. Like I said before, you've got to be some sort of lunatic, really, to want to train like we used to train. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, because it's not nice, it's horrible, you're just getting beat, yeah. you, know, with, you know, people just get knocked out all, all the time in sparring, it was, it was wild. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting to see how it's like, especially, I don't know, you've got the likes of the UFC PI and that type of stuff who are trying to, like, I think the joke was, I think I laughed about it, it was Sean Strickland's head guard, did you see all the drama about that? They gave him a special headguard, yeah, yeah. and they're like, "Have you worn this?" And yeah, he's like, he's never yeah. Worn, yeah. And he's like, "I just like I didn't get hit," and they're like, "Right, okay." And you can see how they're trying to make sure they're looking after everyone as much as possible. But in essence, like you can see why. And I think he's a big advocate of this, is in the sense that you just don't get that grind, that dog, if you want to sort like they they don't have rounds anymore. And I think from my again very minimal personal experience is the fact that I started off in an MMA club. And it was the case of open man. It was like, I don't care what belt you are. You're, you're, there was no belts for us. Like, it was the case of like... It was either you were good or you weren't. Yeah, and that was it. And you, you had to try and figure it out, right? Yeah. And that was it. And it was the case you asked the other people outside of the class of what you need to do or try and figure it out with its own spare time. And obviously, don't get me wrong, now we've got the likes of YouTube and everything else. Yeah, so. yeah well, it was, it, YouTube was around them, but there wasn't much good stuff on it. I, mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, I remember like, stuff now. Submissions 101 was like the big thing and all that. And then everyone said, oh, look at this. And it was good. And then we all found out the guy who ran it. He is a legit black belt now, but at the time, his black belt was a Japanese Japanese Jiu-Jitsu black belt Eric Bowen whatever he was called but I think he is legit now I think he was going through and some of his stuff was decent you know what I mean I think it's still going but that was like you know but there was loads of other content there was loads of like the VHS is flying around and all this sort of thing so there was stuff about but it was it wasn't like you could just 
get your mobile phone out and go just watch yeah. it. You had to sit down with the, you know, with the laptop, and you had a laptop then. You know, yeah. you know no one had them. Um, you know, so yeah. That's interesting. Do you think you should come? Well, you, again, I know we're kind of focusing on this, but I just don't know how you would tailor it because I know obviously from I don't know as the sport is developing and we're getting more S and C guys coming in, nutritionists like myself, yeah, yeah. trying to like level it up. And I, again, I had a great podcast no, I think earlier. It, I think it needs to go pro. It does. It needs. For these, for these young kids and they're coming through, it needs the likes of you coming into it and you know what you're talking about. Because you know, some of the weight cuts I did, I can, I can tell you about some of the shit like that. The diets we did and you know, we were trying to learn stuff because back then when we first did it, the, the weight cut was a secret. We didn't know anything about it in the but UK. The, this it was my, a big this secret this from America and then we all found out for a couple of wrestlers who showed us and stuff like that. I remember one, one of my guys, a really good friend of mine, he was one of my coaches, an MA coach there in Chatfield. And he did King of the Cage, which was member of the big in America, and mm. he got the license to do one in the UK. And he brought over oh god, what's his name now? He was good for in the UFC. Everything oh, light heavyweight guy. I'll think of his name in a second. Anyway, and then he basically shows how to cut weight properly, but then he cut twenty pounds. Wow. <laughs> doing baths and saunas and all wow. this sort of stuff, and how to read and all this, and showing it from wrestling and stuff. And he sort of and that was God, I think. I can't remember what year that was. That was probably around 2004, 2005, something like that. Um, it shows how to cut weight and perform that. And then it was like, don't tell anyone. That's People didn't know how to do it. Covering yourself in albaline, you know, yeah. like a makeup remover to open your pores, getting in baths, doing all this. No one knew how to do it. It was like a secret. <laughs> this, is, this is my stance. This is saying, I don't know, I'm sure, obviously, I know one of the questions we got later is obviously on this as well, but it's the openness of like the steroid use as well, right? In the sense that I call it like a safe sex talk. People are going to do it, right? There's no point in trying to deny it and like, oh, it's yeah. going to be happening. Like, I'd rather people do this in a safe way, right? Rather than being like, I don't know, just more is better. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know, maybe there's a little bit of crossover of the whole like like grinding rounds, as you kind of mentioned, that more is better. That's all you need to do is just keep it, on getting yeah, pummeled Yeah, we in. thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, then it's like, right, okay, well, we need to try and like put a talk on this and not keep it some deep, dark secret and stop people from doing stupid things. Because I'm sure from... Not telling you've been told not to tell anyone. Yeah, we were. Chinese yeah. whispers would have keep, got keep, around. Keep it secret. You know, yeah, that it would have been like, doing, you know, oh, oh, what are yeah. they doing there? Oh, they're getting they're sitting in a sauna for four hours. Oh, <laughs> and then it then goes to four hours to six hours. Or oh, they actually they're doing it. <laughs> that, like I think this, that was pretty much like, how it went. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it all started to come out, didn't it? Like everyone sort of pretty much knew what they were doing by sort of two thousand in the tens, twelves, something like that. You know, mm. by then it was sort of getting to be more and more common knowledge. But still, people don't know to this day. No, not at all. You know, I've had people asking me recently you know have you cut this have you cut that have you done this and I'm just like probably don't want to use my methods these days now you know what I mean so it's just uh, expect expect uh, expectancy from people in sort of your position right who are instructor sort of level yeah or looking after a club of some sort yeah. to know everything I think so yeah and it's like Again, it's just not to take anything away from you guys. You obviously have got all the lo lovely world of experience type of thing. But it's one phrase we had on this podcast as simple as that. You don't know what you don't know, yeah. right? And it's, it's, it's that great simple. Shout. Great shout. And, uh, and I, I say something similar when I'm teaching nearly all the time. And I say, just a simple move. And I'll be teaching something. And I'll say to people, I'm going to teach you the way it should be done and not the way I had to learn by making all the mistakes until I actually realised that's how it's done. Yep. So you're lucky because I'm going to give you that straight from the start <laughs> yeah. whereas I had to find that shit out for myself. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So I'm going to tell you and they get this knowledge straight away. You know, we've got... Uh, I say it and people laugh and I'm like, I'm <laughs> being serious, mate. <laughs> it's the one thing, you, I think it's the one you posted up even today, I think it was, when you were talking about um, the dog fight and putting the elbow through yeah, obviously yeah, on the yeah. leg and I was looking at it I was like, 
again, it's one of those light bulbs, like, it seems so straightforward. Like, and it, it's not as if it's like a massively overly complex yeah. situation. These and things that have been around for hundreds of years. Someone yeah. taught it to me. Yeah. You know, it's a, and it's simple little movements, but I see people doing things wrong who are supposed to be, you know, these up and coming MMA fans, things, and even pro guys. Mm. And I'm just, I think Sam Creasy commented, he was a really good pro, and he was teaching it to his guys, and they were showing them, I'm like, you've got to turn the corner because if you're just holding on for a sprawl he's going to front headlock you yeah. or he's going to break it and he's going to take your back and you know smash into you so it's you've got to learn these things but you can't you don't just some shit you figure out but you can't just you can't just sort of learn it from nothing most of the time you, mm. I, I've got it taught to me so I'm passing it on to you exactly. you know that's the way it comes it's interesting. MMA we've gone through obviously the meal with that one we've kind of said like enough's enough with that one you've obviously gone and done a lot of IBJJF stuff as well when did that transition kind of happened was that post MMA or was that during yeah, MMA yeah, as well first, uh, <clears throat> let me think now I think the first gi and no gi grappling comms I started to do was around 2013-2014 well I didn't want to grapple at, uh, do a comp when I was still a blue belt because I thought everyone would just say I'll stand for sandbagging so really? by this yeah because by this time don't forget I've been training eight or nine years yeah so I'm like I don't want to I don't want to do a comp then because everyone's going to say, oh, she's been training. Oh, right. Okay. Training, I thought you know, everyone else had been sandbagging. No, no, no. I was no, like, I, I, I thought doing eight, nine years. How yeah. long have they been No, no, <laughs> no. I thought they'll all say, I've been sandbagging. Right. Because I've done pro MMA. I've been training for eight, nine years. Grappling. I, I trained virtually, you know, three, four times a week, as much as I could train. Mm. And I thought, well, I don't want to go into a comp because people... It was a small scene then as well, everyone knows. So I'll wait till I got a purple belt. So I think I did about a year or so. And then they give me a purple belt. Uh, and I went straight into doing comps, and then I never stopped competing really for, for about 2014 to about 2019. Okay. Uh, I went through. Um, and then I was just, like I said, I never did adults till I was 40. I, sorry, I did adults all the time till I was 40. Yeah. I didn't even know those master's divisions. Couldn't know anything about them. Never even knew. I was just entering the comps. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, even, I didn't have a clue. So I was like, I can always, and I always say to people, listen, it's another one I always say, masters should be 36 easily. You don't, people can enter masters at twenty nine. I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it should be the thirty five master two should be should be masters starting masters. That's another one. That's fair. Again, yeah, I, I, could... I did adults till forty, and then the first masters comp I ever did was the uh, IBGF London. Okay. Good, good masters comp there, yeah. So I won that my first time, and I did that at purple belt, and then I got into it, and then uh, won a couple more, two thousand fourteen, and then I went to Euros two thousand fifteen. First time I'd ever done a big comp, and yeah. I'd, uh, four matches and one that as well so I was pretty happy with it nice. <laughs> yeah. all pretty linear then so it, was there any sort of any downhill bits obviously was it all success 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 all the time yeah, pretty much what would you I'd well, be trying to sound like a dickhead That's yeah right. I pretty much uh, did, did well and then we started fighting Masters 2 fighting through and that and then went to Masters 3 um, and yeah did pretty in the, in the smaller comps I still go and do the adults and I had a few super fights and Empire and things like that and I just fought 25 year olds and I was 40 odd I just wasn't bothered. I was like, well, I don't ask you your age or your weight in the gym. Let's just, you know, whatever. So I never, anyone that ever asked me, I just did it. Yeah. Um, but then in the IBGF ones, which were ones where you get bigger divisions, like the Euro, that Euro, I think I had about 18 people in the division. Nice. Um, something like that. And then I went and did the Worlds Masters. First time I'd ever done anything like that. Went over there, Purple Belt 2015. Big division, 38, something like that. Uh, won, won, well, won four. Got to the final, lost 2-0 fought a guy and then I found out after he'd wrestled for Ohio 
scored, but he single legged me, which was my move. <laughs> <laughs> so he put it on me and lost, and I was wow. even got a picture of himself on the finger and everyone was going, Oh, brilliant, we've done brilliant, went to Vegas and he fought and he won four matches and then lost in the final. And I'm just raging, couldn't sleep all night. Went three in your head, totally annoyed. Yeah, uh. lost this thing. I was convinced myself, I was gonna oh, so anyone who's fought, yeah, I can beat them, you know what I mean. And this guy was good. He's a good guy as well. Like I said, I could chat with him afterwards. He was sound. You find that in the masters concert, they're quite everyone's you know, pretty friendly. You get stuck in, you yeah. have your fight, you're having your proper having one, but then afterwards, this thing's a bit more chilled out. Uh, but that stuck in my head all the year, and I was like, right, I'm gonna go back and gonna go back and win that next year. Yeah. Then I got my brown belt pretty quick. Give me a brown belt in December, so I was only purple for not long, so a year. Um, got me brown in the. December, and then I went back to Vegas in the August, and I wanted a brown belt instead. Same thing, 32 man division. Uh, four matches, I think I had this time. I'm sure. I think I got to buy the first one, and then I won all those. So yeah, I won it then. Nice. Fought in Abu Dhabi a couple of times as well. World Pro, couple of silvers. Was it silver and a bronze? Silver and a bronze. But I fought this Brazilian kid. We fought him, fought six times altogether, and he won three, and I won three. It was always me and him. We were in the final or the semi-final, kept knocking each other out, and he beat me in Abu Dhabi actually in the met in the. Was it the May they used to do it? Yeah, because I think they've just done it now. Haven't yeah. They? Oh, so it's changed now. It used to be in the May, and they've just done it now in the November. It used to be earlier on. Mm. And they had him in my head for about three months while I was training for that world in, in September, it was then. I was training for him all the time. <laughs> and I got him in the final. Hey. <laughs> so I was made up. But he's a good guy, real good guy. I still speak to him on Instagram every now and again. Yeah, he's cool. He's got his black belt. He's won the uh, World Masters at Black Belt this, this year. Yeah, he just won it this year. Yeah, beat a couple of good guys. Beat Tellers, I think, in the semi final. Nice. And then, uh, yeah, ended up. Uh, Ended up winning at Black Belt, so he stayed at the gi and I've, I'm like, oh, I think I was pretty much be done with the gi when I won that. Yeah. <laughs> Complete the gi, mate. Complete the gi, done. Yeah. What was your credit at all that success to then, do you feel? Uh, I've always been one of the hardest workers in the room. Um, so I think I've always done that, you know. I've, I kept myself fit, I've never missed weight. I've had boxing, MMA hundreds of grappling matches I've never missed weight ever mm. I'm always fit I'm always underweight you know make sure I'm under so I can eat and stuff I've regulated yeah. all that literally will train train keep training keep training and, and I think a lot of it's down to that mentality I think playing the rugby and stuff from an early age playing sports I think that's the whole I've just, I just I just enjoy it as well I actually I'm one of those people who, who, who likes being in the in the fight it's know, interesting you say it, and I'm not trying to be biased with this but when speaking to Mark Hibbard right yeah. who you know chatting to him obviously over the weekend with every uh, with a few people who are trying to find replacements yeah. I know he's going to Paris no. moment, which is a yeah. he's frustrated with as itself said his missus said he couldn't do it yeah bad, bad, bad. <laughs> <laughs> I know Beth puts up with a lot with him to be fair <laughs> um, he's, good, he's a top lad he, um, he did football at a county level yeah and again it just seems to be the more people I seem to speak that they get this sort of taste of like this high level competitiveness and then for whatever reason they move into a different sport and it just seems to translate really well in terms of like yeah, I think the it does, more yeah. you put in yeah. like yeah, the, the athletes. Game, yeah. yeah I think so and I think the guys who come from other sports well, they're athletic as well you know mm. you've seen Craig Jones touching it a couple of times and he said you know if we had the guys who are in the NFL mm. in grappling they'd be the champions they'd be because they're the athletes but they're like well I can go and earn Ten million dollars a season. Yep. I don't even actually know what they get. They probably get loads more, don't they? I can go and earn that in the NFL. And why am I going to go and compete in jujitsu? But imagine if he did. Yeah, <laughs> these guys are athletic freaks. They obviously learn really quick. They've got fast twitch muscles. Are perfect. Their genetics are you know amazing. It's ridiculous. You know, they're talented. They're athletes as well. In the fence, essentially, you'll have I don't know over two thousand people apply for one position. Yeah, and there's three of them go. And even then, it's like the chance of you getting this is going to yeah. be very slim. <laughs> and it's just like insane in terms of that like type of level which is interesting 
Um, where does the catch wrestling come into the system? Because well, it, I'm from my parents from from Wigan. Um, ah, snake. And they come from the snake snake. Pit. Well, I was I was in primary school with Andrew Wood. Okay. His, his dad's Roy Ward, who runs Snake Pit. We okay. were in primary school together, yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I ended up, yeah, yeah. Oh, we have known her since I was four years old. Wow. Uh, known the family, known the family, you know, since then. It's a brilliant family. Love Roy. Absolute cracking guy. Um, and, yeah, so I've sort of done a bit, you know, done bits of wrestling. It's always been around. And what I knew was wrestling. You'd see, you'd see the pro stuff on the thing. But when you did proper, what I did have, I remember thinking back to him, thinking that we were like holding figure fours and things like that, which you can't do in freestyle wrestling stuff now and throw turning people over. But this is back in the, God, the 1980s when I was a little kid. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so, yeah, done that. And then just in Langston, where I trained at the Coliseum and, uh, and the ASW's in there as well. Mm. Jack Mountford, uh, you know, and, and Darren Morris, my coaches now, they've trained it since they were kids and it's just been passed down. It's just... It's just in the thing, you know, that people do, yeah, I'm just going to go wrestling. It was just something that you did in Lancashire, that's what people did. That's interesting. So I didn't think nothing of it, you know. Yeah. And it's, listen, all grappling's the same. Judo, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, catch, submission grappling. It's just got different rules. It's all it is, you know. It's interesting. And do you feel like there's an element of keeping catch... Alive. It's coming back. It's coming back. It's an exciting sport. Mm. Again, it's tough and it's an exciting sport. Um, but it's got limitations because as soon as you're falling over, you turn onto your front. Mm. Now, if you're in a submission grappling match, you do that. Someone's just sitting on your back and just choke the shit out of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but when you, your objective is to pin someone and you, and you don't have chokes in, in the catch, it, you've got neck cranks, which are a lot more brutal. But they use yeah. the neck crank just to turn you over, really. Yeah. You get to a point where hey, I'm going to have to go and it's looking for the pin. Most of the, the what they call, so when you're going for the submissions or the hooks and things like that, uh, to pin people, pinning was the king to hold people down, and, you know, and that's what they're looking for. So it's more like put the submission on to make it make the other guy turn over. Yeah, but you know there was some good guys with good submission guys uh, as well. So it's just it was just always part of our part of our really? thing. It was just there. It was just part of the grappling. That's it's just always been there. So it's not that I, I'm not like people think you're on the cat. I'm not like a catch wrestler. I've just done everything all the time. But yeah. there's moves that I do and people looking and go, oh, you can't do this, you can't. And I'd be like, I remember going to an MMA, uh, sorry, a BJJ class the first time and I just got on someone's back with one hook and just forearm cranked it. <laughs> Thought nothing of it yeah. just because that's what we did all the time yeah. and got an absolute, whoa, 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 he went mad. The guy was going, what are you doing? And then the coach gave in and I was literally didn't know what I'd done wrong. Yeah. And I was like, oh shit, oh, sorry. I'm really sorry. And I was yeah. genuinely sorry, but I didn't know and I wouldn't do it maliciously. And then I just forearm choked him from the back, straight under his nose. And, <laughs> and that was that. So uh, yeah. Anything so above the shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, it was just, I just thought it was, that's what, what, what it was. That's interesting. <laughs> Did you think? A quick word about one of our sponsors, Grappler's Soap. The team wanted to find, right, the best possible defense against skin infections, which normally we get from each other or off the mass. This in turn led Dan and the team into researching more about soaps and essential oils, which turns out has been used for thousands of years, actually, as a natural defense against infection during the plague. Slight twisted story here, but grave robbers in England knew of the power of essential oils and smothered themselves in it before exhuming and stealing corpses. Useless fact of the day for you there. But Dan and the team had tried several soaps before, but none of them just simply wowed them. So he started to make his own. 
months more research, trial and error led to finally this golden nugget, grappler soap, which you'll be pleased to know the recipe is CPR registered and approved by pharmacists. The use of a specific method to lock in the amazing natural smell, no cheap fragrances used here, which means the soap and use smell great and stand the best chance of staying healthy. Although the soap was developed for grapplers alike, it is now widely being used by non-grapplers. And Dan is always like delighted to hear from customers about how it's cleared up dry and itchy skin or relieved eczema or just simply made you feel awesome the smell alone has been a massive hit with men and women alike so enough waffle for now go and get yourself some now at www.mrbassett.com or go check out their instagram page for some very funny memes at grapplers soap thank you guys catch wrestling there's going to be a few more schools going to start popping up now because you can see there's been a boom in people doing more judo, right? I've definitely seen yeah. some even local guys who have gone and you see them going through their judo belts, right? Yeah. Which is pretty cool to see. fantastic, say. honestly. I didn't walk it down a little bit, but, you know, you look at Owen, people are, you know, he's fantastic to watch and he's cool. And he'll, you know, he'll be a person who'll tell you about that grinding mentality. Mm. He went right through it, so, you know, he, that's why he's so good. Um, but Darren and Jack, Mike, they're big judo guys, you know, in, in the gay, which people don't know. And yeah. like, you know, Jack Mountford took silver at the World Masters. Um, you know, Darren's done some of these high level black belt and they, you know, they've done it for years, but they did it all together. Yeah. But this is, you're going back, like, Darren's trained 35 years or something like that. He's 50, 52 now. So I think it's like 35, changed since he was 16, 15, 16. Mm. So 35 years. So he's got 15 odd years on me, 16 years on me. And, he, and he's, a, you know, he's amazing. Yeah. Um, and Jack before him, just Jack was basically, I think, like the British Helio, really, because he was the first one to do it all. Yeah. Because you know he got, they ended up getting sort of thrown out of the wrestling club and the judo club because they were doing trying to have the MMA, really? they were trying to put MMA together, yeah, and that's why ASW got started. There was Jack, Darren, and a guy called Shane Rigby, who's a Commonwealth freestyle wrestler. Yep. And they started it because they basically couldn't find anywhere because they wanted to do this. Everything, everything goes, Valley Tudo, all in. That's she used to call it all in, yeah, and they were doing it years ago before anyone had heard of it. This is going back to 2000, 2000? <laughs> maybe, maybe in the nineties actually. That's maybe the nineties. And actually, no, sorry, because ASW was formed in ninety six, so they were doing this early nineties, oh. early nineties. Wow. And, and they, this for anyone had seen the USC or on the they were just doing it themselves. Just themselves. So they were already doing it. <laughs> before it came out yeah. do you know what I mean these guys you've got to give these guys props mm. um, yeah because yeah, ASW was formed in 96 I think it's the first ever that and Darren and uh, Paulie from London Shoot Fighters always have because of phrase and they always have a little joke going we were first you were first you know, but it was the same stuff they were doing the same shit down yeah. there in London and um, yeah they were, they, they were that was 96 so they, I think it was like 1990s they were doing this and just throwing it all together so I was just t- learnt to, you were so I was taught right, like that yeah. I was just taught like that so I didn't know any different it's only when I went and doing BJ, some gi BJJ and then mm. doing something that I realised oh there's different rules and separate things it took me fucking about two years to learn the IBJJF rules still don't know them now actually just, <laughs> but I know the points back mount yeah. pass guard I know, the, I know a north flight I just don't understand some of the advantages and stuff like that but I just think if you're good enough you don't need to anyway. <laughs> just get it done just get the sub and get yeah, out just get it done yeah. just score some I always say just try and score five points on them then you've won and then you <laughs> then you can just sub them. You can go for a sub then, because they'll start panicking. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. So, with with that being said, then, do you think the catch wrestling scene? You said obviously it's growing more. Do you think there's going to be some more schools that are going to be popping up? Because obviously, we talk about going to basic aha that type of stuff. Yeah. Like, and we've got lots of those schools around type thing. But the way I look at it from outside is that 
catch wrestling hasn't got that like no. business mindset around it that that, that you could start having. It, it hasn't, well, and that you've got to give Andrea some props for that. She's really pushing that because Roy's just quite happy to open a club and teach a few times a week when you know. And Roy's he's eighty now. You know mm. what I mean? Uh, you know, some, my dad's coming up for eighty, and they're the same age. Um, so we can't really get on the mats and do but he's got a couple of lads Ian Bromley who's like you know loved Ian Bromley him and him great sadly passed away a few years back uh, and there's Greg Crompton there and they're doing these level one level two level three certification you know sort of things which are basically their version of having a belt okay. white belt blue belt you know I, I'm not sure what it goes up to whether it's four or five or something like that but they get people in they're doing them now that's great and starting it off but the guys who were doing it so what is good actually i've seen a few bjj guys going who were like black belt and brown so they understand grappling so they think they're picking up a lot faster than the other people yeah but you've also got people who go in with novices when what i don't want to see is guys do one or two levels and then open up as a catch wrestling club and i'm like mate you're you can't even wrestle let alone do yeah. catch wrestling because yeah. catch wrestling is brutal you know default I mean? blue belt getting his yeah, uh, bronze yeah. i don't then, want to uh, see that because that, yeah. that'll water it down but i don't think they won't give certificates out to anyone as well, so but Andrea's really pushing the Snake Bit World has you know started about 2017. Mm. I was supposed to be on the first one, was it 17 or 18? I was supposed to be on the first one, but I got, I got a little injury, so I was out of that. Um, I fought on the Snake Bit, I fought on the Invitationals a couple of times, um, but yeah, they're pushing them this year. They had Josh Barnett on again, he fought Owen, did yeah. another thingy, then he had all the thing, and they brought a lot of Americans over. And it's getting bigger and bigger, mm. big event now. Hopefully, they'll still did a first pay per view. I helped them out with that, got them a pay per view link oh, and nice. all that sort of stuff. I'm good friends, I said good friends with Andrea, so yeah, um, yeah I've helped them out with that. Uh, so hopefully, it will get bigger because it is exciting if you it go is. for it, you know, if you it go is. for it. But again, it's, it's a pretty brutal sport to train, so. It's one of the, I think that'll be its downfall because you can play BJJ and go, right, I've got to be in the jack, getting guard, I can play. Yeah. You can't really play that, it's horrible. No, <laughs> it's, just, it's the same thing I think with, like, again, obviously I've got another consultancy, uh, nutrition consultancy, which obviously works with other people in like Muay Thai, for example, yeah. and they, they have the same impression, like, you can't play Muay Thai. You can't. No. You can't play boxing, stuff like that, when no. you're getting striking out. Yeah. You can go in it pads and try and do a workout, great. Yep. But if you want to fight, you want to spar, yep. mate, you better take it serious. Exactly. You're in for, because you, you're in for a bad night. Exactly. You're going to get hurt. Um, you can lose a BJJ comp, get beaten on points, get armbar, tap, sound. No you can see when people I, you get I, your head punched in and then get a kick knockout. Yeah, it's not it's not it's not as easy. <laughs> it's I think it's the same thing when people get from that MMA scene or have come from other sports where you can't play it, let's say, and they kind of go, "You can't call that a fight." Yeah, it's not. It's yeah. you're having a role with well, someone. <laughs> yeah, there's that thing in the role of time when they say about well, BJJ and you can't call it a fight. But in the arguments that I always say, "Listen, I could kill you a lot quicker." With a rear naked choke. That is true. Then I could try to punch your head in. Yeah, that is <laughs> so very might, true. So I might do anything like that, but if I get older and put you in your bag, put you on the floor, I'm going to choke you out. And if I decide to, yeah. you, you're gone. You're, gonna, you're gone. You know That's what I mean? You let, we let go on the tap. That's, we're respecting each other. That is true. You don't really get the chance to tap when you get punched in the face, or do you? You know what I mean. So it's a bit different. But I always say that to people, and they never really have an answer. I go, well, if, if you chose to, yeah, that's the cleanest way to to, uh, to finish someone. That's a fair one. <laughs> but the other big argument is, listen, mate, anything with the rules and a referee is not a real fight. So true. Yeah, that's interesting. So what when um, again a bit of a tangent on this one. So when WNO started doing uh, no, what was it who's next? Yeah, no time limit. Yeah. Were you sort of like rubbing your hands like, great, fantastic, we're getting this properly into like first person to sub and out here. And then obviously you got some very extreme outcomes of like three hour long matches yeah, type of thing. Yeah. It was a bit, a, bit, a, bit of a, a bit of a bit of a sweet that one because when they did it, like it was supposed to be the show where they all live together. Yep. That was my idea. Really? We were going to do Grapple Fest. We were going to do it. 
we had the place, we had everything done. I was on Flow Grappling at the time. I told them about the idea, I told them what we were going to do. We were going to do all that, put it together, and then COVID happened, messed sort of everything up. Boom, 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 there. Next thing I know, they're doing that show. Fuck. Yeah, so I was fuming about that. Sorry. <laughs> no, not many people do know that. I don't think I've ever said it really in public, actually. I don't think I've ever actually said it. Shit. But yeah, 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 that's what we were going to do. We had a place set up for it. We were going to get, uh, uh, I'd, I'd spoke to a couple of famous grapplers. I have a coach on one side, we are going to do like a European and an American one, and we are yeah. going to bring him over, and we are going to put him up, and we are going to do a little reality show. And I pitched it to Flo, do you want to come up with us, do you want to do, you want to do it, or should we do it on our own? Yeah, yeah, so it's a thing. Oh, and that Sorry. was 2018, I thought we thought that, me and Darren come up with it, and we oh. got it all sorted. So anyway, yeah, but we weren't going to do that with the no time limits and stuff, um, we weren't going to do that. But yeah, it's that is the purest one. Mm. No time limit, put them on the mat, anything goes, you know, bare knuckles, that's the purest one. Yeah. But do you want to see a show of that? A whole show? Ten matches? You'd have to start it. Well, look You'd at have to the, start at 10am. Look, look at the <laughs> final. And they had to stay with yeah. Isaac and... Isaac and uh, Thingy, wasn't it? Yeah. And they had to, oh, we're going to have to put on another mat. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like... It's, it's to start because like, we've got to start the other show for things. Yeah. And they stuck them in the back room. Yeah. <laughs> it's just silly when it comes to it. That's just, just ridiculous, really, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you obviously said that you made weight uh, every single time. Yeah. The question I kind of got with this one is more so the fact of where was your weight in terms of like, did you go up? Did you come down? Have you done both? Or what's the fought, yeah, I fought, God, I fought all sorts, mate. I fought the lowest I ever got to was 67, which was a ridiculous one. That was one, mate. I ended up in hospital after the fight. I can tell you that. Was, that the, was that the MMA one? MMA one, yeah. Oh, I've seen yeah. that picture yeah, from that one. mate, horrendous. And then, I mean, now I've got, I'm, I'm fat now after having a year out, but I'm like about 93 now. But I used to walk around most of the time around 85 for years and years and okay, years. Okay, middle. Uh, pretty much. So I did gear at 88 and I did 85.5 for yep. the thing. And it was just always a question of a couple of weeks. A mm. couple of weeks just not, not having a couple of pints at the weekend. Yeah. I go out for a big meal and miss a couple of Sacrifice that for two or three weeks. Chocolate, you know, since I'm a big, cho- big go, chocolate. It goes it, hand it in just, hand, yeah. you know what I mean? Like prepping for the competition. All right, we're just going to rein it in I a bit. I pretty much have a, and still now really to this day, have, a, have an 80% pretty much good diet. Yeah, uh, and then the rest of it, you know, it just depends on you know. Now I'm a bit a bit older, don't you compete? It's just so in the summertime when I'm over there, I'll have a barbecue three, four times a week, and have two, three beers when I'm doing it or whatever. You know what I mean? And I don't mind. I can get up the next day and train. It's no no problem in slides. But when I was comping, I took it serious, so it kept me weight all the time. Sometimes probably under eating for the amount of training I was doing. Yeah. Uh, but then you know, I, I think it's on you. It's sensible. I mean, I was I got really good at it when I was doing a lot of the IBGF and the thingy comps where you had to weigh in, which is mm. before you fight those big comps and they don't give you, there's no no, no discrepancy. You're no. on those scales and you have to be. So if I was fighting the gear 88 or 85.5 Nogi, I made sure I was 83 kilos or in 85 kilos. So I yeah. was, I knew I was a key, key and a half under. Yeah. You know, and on the day you go to the toilet and you, you do it, be normal. Yeah. yeah I was fine. I could eat something in the morning. I could have a sip of water. I'd be fine. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So uh, I did it like, and I stayed on top of it all the time. MMA with the weight cutting, you know, back in the day I was stupid. I had this like ridiculous weight cuts, like 10 kilos and shit. Like literally, did literally. I'm not exaggerating either. Not exaggerating. Uh, that one, that picture when I was nearly dead. Was 67, thought a guy's really good. What were you starting um, at before getting down to 67? I'd come from about 82, dated down to 77, okay. and then cut 10 key Oy. in two days. Not <sighs> even two days, day and a half. <laughs> 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 Saunas, baths, all that, yeah. Had the fight, 
You probably couldn't even cry. You had that much water yeah, out of you. I, I didn't. I didn't have it. I didn't, I didn't like put all the water back in me. And I wasn't even allowed to be pissing or anything. You know, and I was like drinking. I was thinking this is weird. And then, I, and then just before we were going, about a couple of hours, and I was full of fire and adrenaline. I ended up going to the toilet, and I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be all right. I had the fight. I was doing good in that one. So a couple of minutes in, doing sound, about three or four minutes in, and then everything just went weird. Like I was in a like I was underwater or something like that. Um, and then he turned me over before I knew it, like, I think the fight got stopped. And there's a picture of me, and I'm, like, stood up and don't even know what's ah, what's happened. Right. So I come round, I was like, wait, so I got stopped here, ground and pound. I was like, all right, yeah. Lou Long said exactly the same yeah. thing, where he did a bad weight cut, bad, and he said, there's bad. a picture of him. And I don't want to ever say this to take anything away from Carson, because, you know, we won the fight, and he, you know what I mean? So I don't want, ever, I don't want it to sound like that, because he's a cracking lad, and I get on with him dead well. But it was, but he ended up going to, into hospital, because it was that bad. Mm. And I went in and uh, told the, the doctors and nurses what I'd done. And they, you know, you go in them little cubicles to assess you. And then it was like, whatever. And they're like, and, they're thinking that. and then they got off for a minute and then came back and brought these people. There was about, like, I can't really remember, like three or more, four of them there. And the guy uh, said to me, Can you just tell these w- what you've done? So I told them all, and they're all just staring at me. And, he's like, and I'm sitting on this thing like that, and they're all just staring at me. And they're all just looking at each other, going, like as if I'm just like a lunatic. Yeah, and, and you had a because fight no afterwards as well. And they're like, they were just right. going, oh my God. So they just stuck me on a drip, and, and, uh, and the thing and, you know, kept us in, got me on one of those, yeah. And it was just, but I remember it was surreal. But they, I think it's a, people talk about weight cutting now, but back then, this is, I think this was 2009. It's hard because 2009 again, or 10, 2009 it was, yeah, it wasn't 2010, yeah, and no one really knew. So I'm telling this to these doctors, and they're probably the first time they've ever heard it, thinking their lives, and they're just yeah. going, You've done what? You've sat in a salt bath and covered yeah. yourself in, in, Ooh, in, yeah. in makeup remover, makeup remover. And, then, yeah. and then gone and sat in a sauna and then wrapped yourself in towel, and then all the way, all the way down. And drank for how many days it now? Was like. drunk, we drove from, from Liverpool to Nottingham. And I had a sauna suit on and, a, tra- on. and a track yeah. suit it's all the way down, spitting out the window, oh, <laughs> trying, you know, just trying to get off this. I had about half a key or something to go. Oh. I can't even remember the drive down. My mate said, you just, we thought we were all looking at you, he's going to die in a minute. Just like pouring <laughs> you like he's still around. Yeah, yeah Chris, but still this, there. You know, this, this, is, this is ridiculous, mate, but looking back, ridiculous. But then I learned myself about how to do it now. And now I, can, I could talk someone through one pretty nice. well. It's, it's, you know, I've heard you talk about it. I know that you understand it now. Um, and it's changed. It's become common knowledge how to do it and it safely, has. and how it to has. get yourself and how to rehydrate and how much body weight is safe to cut. You know, I, I recommend nothing over five percent now. You know, and mm. you know that weight cut was God. God knows how much I did there. The thing is, the grappling thing is, is the translation from the day before weigh-in into same day weigh-in, and people think they can take the piss with it, right? And some degree, or they misunderstand that Massively. day before is a completely different ball game compared to same day. <laughs> most people as well don't understand weight cutting dieting are two completely <laughs> different. fucking different things yeah. <laughs> totally different they go yeah I'm going to weight cut yeah well, what was it yeah yeah I've got, a, I've got an IBGF competition in five weeks you're not weight cutting mate no, you just put the fort down lad yeah. that's it <laughs> going to eat some clean stuff you know it's the same it's, thing I, I get inquiries come through where it'll be I don't know four days before an event Right, like, yeah. help me cut weight with this. And I'm like, well, what have you done before? Well, what does that matter? And you get, I'm like, it makes a yeah. big difference. Big fucking difference as what have you been eating? What are you training? And like, have we even got anything in you? Because you've yeah. been eating fuck all for the last like two weeks, yeah. right? I can't just take nothing. I've just been something. eating salt. Yeah, it's just like, <laughs> I can't take nothing from, like something from nothing. Like, and, and people don't get it. And it's just like, oh, you want me to eat more on the lead up? And like, yeah, because I can start taking it all the fuck out of you all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. um, it's crazy. But there is so much information out there. I mean, you could literally Google it now and it'll tell you... I'll 
have to do it an half decent well. week. Don't it won't be right, but you could do. But back then, we were just going off. Oh, oh yeah, and 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 don't get me wrong. I think all American wrestlers we were, they they're completely exaggerating it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you could do twenty k. Like, hey, you can easily do that, mate. Get, get that off in two days or something. Yeah. So, sat there, like, look at those British people trying to do yeah. that. Fucking idiots. And, it, and that became the thing. Who cut the most weight? Wow. It was a big thing. Who was the biggest lightweight? I fought lightweight, 70 kilos. I was massive, mate. Mm. Put me back in there. I was 80 key the next day. I was huge, you know what I mean? Like, people say, God, oh, they're getting down there. And then now you see the guy, and it's a different light putting out. I knew I had one round. If I didn't finish that fight in one round, <laughs> it was, I was going to die. I was getting beat, you know what I mean? 100%. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. interesting that, because again, like, if there's this expectation with, like, as you mentioned, like, oh, who can cut the most weight? And I'm there, like. It was a competition, mate, back in the day. Even, but I still hear some MMA guys now talk about it, like, oh, I'm going to do this much. And I'm like, have you got no faith in your own ability? Like, you think you've Did won you, this fight based on a weight cut? Like, I say to the, kid, the lads in the gym all the time, they're saying, I think I'd drop them. This is just for grappling. Mm. And, I'm, and I'm saying, if you think 3K is going to make a difference in a grappling fight, then you've lost it. I said, maybe 10K when you're both black belts and you're both at a certain level, yeah. But two or three kilos ain't making shit different. And we fight, you know, all the time. And I'm like, do you don't ask people in the gym how much they weigh? No. What, you, I, what, we, go and weigh yourself. <laughs> what are you weighing today? You just go, mate, do you want a round? Yeah, and that's it. And it's <laughs> He's thing. pretty good. Let's have a round with yeah, him. Yeah, exactly. And it's the same thing. We've done the research already on, like, local competitions. The average is about 1.7 kg. Oh, yeah, well, listen to you like, say that. People yeah, yeah, being yeah. under. And You've it, gone on smooth comp, haven't you? Yeah, got all the and, stuff I, and it sounds yeah. sad, but it's just I was just yeah. intrigued by it. there's nothing like No, well, it's your job, mate. So you taught me something. I remember listening to you say that. I thought, that's pretty cool. You know what I mean? He's, he's gone and done point, it and like, done your research. It's like two kg difference, right? And if you win or lose based on that, then I'm sorry, that's just not. That's <laughs> it's not. not it's not happening. It's not happening though. So that's mad. You know, and two keys. I can put three key on overnight when I eat a big barbecue, yeah, yes, exactly. and I can sweat it out in the gym and go <laughs> right. Oh, yeah, well, I've just gone. I've just gone from ninety three to ninety. Yeah, so I'm, ni- I'm yeah. ninety kilos now, <laughs> and then I'll put the other three key back on. This is some of the content we try and put out because we see it all the time, and it's just the case of like I don't know wearing yourself after an open mat in the evening. I'm like. When the fuck are you going to be fighting at eight o'clock at night? Never. Exactly. So why the fuck are you doing it? It's just fucking with your Eat head. Eat normal. Do your normal training. Weigh first in the morning. Weigh yeah. at night. Obviously, take an average in the middle. Yeah. Do that for four weeks. You're going to know pretty yeah, exactly much where what's you're going at. on. You know, and that's it. it. And it's, it's being consistent with it. Yeah, it is consistent. Everything's consistency. People just don't want to bother with it. But yeah. um, I am going to move on to yeah, on. Grapple Fest. Yep. When did it first happen? When did it come about? What was the idea of it? And yeah, let's get started the back backstory of that. Two thousand seventeen was the idea. Yeah, basically because all these there was these shows out and stuff like that. And I did fight on a show called Got these bit of prop show called Tanko, which was pretty big. Had all the big names up in the northwest and a few, you know a few. Dan Strauss is the main event on it. Um, but I had loads of guys who've been around were on that show, and they did it pro. They they won Thai boxing shows. They had an MMA show. The nice. whole whole weekend they did an MMA Friday night. Uh, what was that? No, the the, the Thai boxing Friday night, the MMA Saturday night, and we were on the Sunday. Okay. And the grappling was the biggest one. Really? You can still watch it now. It's on uh, Fight TV. Um, and it was brilliant. It was good. They did it proper. It was on a race stage. You know, look like Meta Morris. Nice. Meta Morris is about. Um, Polaris had done a couple then so I went to the first few Polaris's um, so I remember the first one they did was 2015 and I was going to Euros the weekend after mm. so I had to go and watch it and I was like I couldn't have a beer I couldn't have no food I couldn't have you know I was just like uh, I think I had a Tupperware box with uh, books and shit in it so I was like that because I was you know I was being obsessive about my weight so you know there's been a couple of shows but you know even the early players I think they'll say they're not like they're putting on now you know what I mean they were, they, mm. they were decent you know some good competitors on it they weren't now but anyway this Tanko show in the Northwest was good but the main thing was 
like a, a never like the IBGF rule set, but it was the biggest and best comps that you yep. had to do. So I went and did them, but it's not what I grappled like in the gym. It's not how I grappled, mm. you know, and we grappled, we grappled what you see now, you know, the ADCC and stuff like that. It's just yeah. all, all in just how you do in the gym. So it's like, we want to show like, like we want to show that we want to, for our grappling and stuff like that. And we said, well, let's do it. You know, me and Darren sat down the chat. We go, right, let's sort it out. Let's do it. Then. And then 2018 started putting it together in the first one was March 2018, so it'd be coming up like six years now. Um, it'll be t- about six years, about six years exactly now we started talking about it, and then we put the first show in in March, so a few, you know, a few months off. Um, we just put the first one on, and it was bang, straight from the start, big success. Like, bigger than we thought it'd be, to be honest. It nice. was just, got some decent names, got put people together, put everything in, and everyone loved it. I think they liked the rule set that we came up with, and it was mm. a lot freer. I've kept the same rule set; I've never changed it. Really? Uh, yeah, same rule set. Have you added to that rule set at no, all? No, just kept it. Kept exactly the same. Wow, rule quite bang on. If you look away. at players, things like that. They were doing IBJJF rules in the gi. They were gi. They, they were. If you look at the name, it just says jujitsu. So they were mainly a lot of gi matches on good mm. or 50-50, something like that, different ones. But they had all sorts of different rule sets. I found that confusing. <clears throat> Not trying to slate anyone for that. I'm just saying it, they had. Want to be an IBGF match, want to be ADCC rules, want to be no gi IBGF rules. Yeah. And it was just a little bit confusing, you know, and stuff like that. And we were like, one rule set, every single person, same length of time, dead simplified. Yeah. Submission attempts are the king. Genuine submission. I didn't like a lot, like I was saying, the rule set, locked in triangle. It can't just be yeah. a Hail Mary, a locked in thing. After that, then positional play comes in and the judges are going to mark down everything submission attempts and yep. then how many times you pass guard how many takedowns you got and everything so at the end the judge's decision should be pretty much and we've, we've had a couple that people have argued you know stuff like that but in 18 this is the 18th show we had the one in mauritius so this is actually the 18th show we've done we've only had about five or six where people have kicked off about them and there's 30 matches a show so that's a hell of a lot of matches you know that's pretty a small good percentage, percentage isn't it? yeah that's tiny. the judges are pretty much right we've had quite it's quite a few you get two to one decisions when really? it is close, yeah, and it's not always three zeros. You do get split decisions every single show, but it's pretty much. And on commentary, there's only a few times when I'm wrong. You know what I mean? And mm. I, because I wrote the real set with with Darren, I pretty much know what they're looking for. But sometimes on commentary, I'm looking at the at the match and not scoring it. The judges are literally scoring As they everything. Yeah. So it, so if the submission attempts, if it go, if it's obviously a subs the win, if the submission attempts are zero zero or one one or something like that, they'll have everything else written down. Nice. He got three takedowns. He got two guard passes. He got this, and you know, and then if all that was somehow equal, because we don't do like the mount scores more than a guard pass, and like yep. it's, it's, it's like just like did you get a guard? How many of those did you get? Then it becomes subjective, and it's their their decision. Yeah. But they're experienced black belts, you know, like James Nardone, I think. Second degree, I think Paul Cole, he's in his third degree black belt, yeah. you know what I mean? So they've been around forever, long, long, as long as me anyway. With the matches I've seen so far, don't get me wrong, I haven't seen obviously every single grapple fest, yeah. but yeah, no. it's, it's just the ones that, every match, yeah, it's it's the cases that ones I have been to and have seen, it's the fact that majority of the time, and this is no offence obviously to the matchups in the slightest bit, you can see majority of the time who's clearly won, yeah. right? Yeah. I think so. I think even on the, well, again, some I, of them are super close, but you know, there's a leaning towards, <laughs> oh, he got that one, didn't he? That was that was the that yeah. was that was that triangle he was in was deep. The other guys didn't he wasn't really locked in, but the rest of it was dead even. even like, there's even some matches it. where it looks obvious for who's won and it's gone completely opposite way in the last thirty seconds. And I hate to bring this up here, George, obviously, but Jordan Kirk's uh, not last match, but oh, the match before. With, with and I've George. Yep. George McManus, he, he, he smoked him. And I think George had, you know, 
be the first to say that. Yeah. It was all over him, and then George pulled it out the bag. Last I remember listening seconds. to Jordan on the podcast, and then he fair played him. He just went, yeah, he got me. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. how many times that happened to you in the gym, though? <laughs> when you give someone a good a good a good hiding and yeah. you triangle in the last twenty seconds, yeah. you're like, oh, I'm gonna have to tap it. I've just had his mount, I've had his back, I've had everything. everything else. So it's just that's the way it is, isn't it? You know, and you have to accept those and just say, well, Jim, when he come back, bounce back, had a great win yeah, last time, didn't he? Did, he? Yeah, you know? a really good one. He's got some. Good, he's got obviously. Um, well, it's interesting. Obviously, Mark and George are training with each other obviously yeah, quite yeah, a bit, and yeah. obviously got Mark's yeah. last opponent, Graham, obviously yeah. for tomorrow. Well, which Graham's we'll... just pulled out, you know. Yeah, pulled out yesterday, which is a bit of a bit of a nightmare for him. I've got him an opponent, real good guy. He stepped in on sort of late notice. Yep. But he's a he's a good guy. So he has got a tough match still, but he's a yeah, it's a bit of a bit of a bummer for him. Oh well, this will probably yeah, and he's trained for so. me. But, but that match <laughs> is gonna happen because Graham was the same as he said, Listen, I own the match, tell him I wanna do the match, you know, so nice. if you can. I'm very sorry, but he's uh, he's had to pull out, yeah. <sighs> so yeah, God, we had we had more pull outs this week. We normally the last week never get pull outs. It's always the week before you'll get them. I know we were joking about Mark, obviously. Oh, I, think, I was yeah. like, Jesus Christ, no. mate. This is like his card's calling it, it for came, you. It came up, yeah. There yeah. Was, there's been three. Yeah. His weight. I know. Like, again, <laughs> I, I kept saying, he kept messing me and go, mate. He told her, he misses. Because <laughs> right, obviously, I'm, I'm helping. It's in Paris, from croissants, sort of. Basically. I'm helping um, Paul Lukowski and Dave yeah. Weston, obviously, yeah, for tomorrow's way and stuff. And I was like, well, I already know about two of these guys and their opponents. And they would have told yeah. me if they're. If they're no, it's not them, no. And no, I was like, no. who the fuck is no. it then? Do lot of the, most, of on the, most on the main card was prelims ones and the prelims guys, you know, they're normally desperate to get on. And don't get me wrong, they're all legit that's the one thing you get in, in grappling uh, in MMA and especially in boxing and stuff like that people are, you know some of the pull outs you're like nah yeah. that's no way I, had, I remember I went I had three in a year I had three people pull out one the, the, the one on the actual day and two the day before pull out me and you're like what and you know one of them managed to get two of them managed to get me a last minute opponent one mm. of them didn't even fight but in grappling People don't really pull out, so if you get, and they're all good people, so they're legit injuries, and you have to just go shit. But it's just we don't normally ever really get that many, you know. But this week, the last two weeks, I've just been rematching and rematching and rematching. But there's some of them have ended up turning out, put some together, and I'm like, that's an even better fight. That one. What I find is quite scary though is obviously some of the people you've asked like to come onto the card, right? You think there must be like I know I've seen people from my own area, right? And I'm like, there's got to be more people out there. Yeah, and it's then that whole like, okay. Not say legitimacy of it, but it's like surely there must be some other game brown belts, black belts under weird. At ninety it's and weird. like or under hundred. You're like, where are where are they? Like, and I, 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 <laughs> I pretty much have a list of everyone. Yeah, and I know the styles of wins, and I have a little list of all the weight classes and who's in them. And I've got it on my laptop, and I can go in and go right, I can replace them. But then I also you'll see me sometimes put a little thing out. Is anyone we've missed? And I just think there could be a guy out there I've not had a proper look at. Mm. Because you know, I'm going off all, all the stuff is pretty much everyone who, who, who's been on the show before. Yep. But I like giving new people opportunities, so I'll throw it out there. And a couple of times I've looked at him for, oh, let's have a little go at him. He's never applied, but you know he's put it in. And sometimes I go, oh, you get messages like, my coach said he's seen this on your page. Here's me, here's me thing. Here's a couple oh, of videos, okay. and, and I have a little look at him. Um, because like I said I, 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 the whole point of the show, going back to it, was was because we wanted UK. At the time when we first started, UK grapplers to get a shot and yeah. build them up. So I'm all about that. Now it's become more European, you know. It has because been because it's grown. Because it's grown. But this is my, again. I've said this many a time about IBJJF. Like I, I think the prestigiousness of getting that medal like has gone down. Unfortunately, the, the IBJF, the Euros, the Pans, the Worlds. You know, of course, they're they're top medal, top ones. You want them. Yep. The Opens. 
go and do something else. Yeah. Go and pay for Grafton Industries or you know whatever where you can have a round robin. Uh, I think Joel once had like twelve fights in a day or something like that. In the IBGF, you have one or two. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, go and get the experience. Go and have, go and have your, go and have your, go and have, go and have your fights. So go and do them. The opens, and I don't think there's any prestige in them anymore. No. Just the opens. Um, it's a lot of money for you to be stored the, the out. Majors, hundred percent. They're still, you know, yeah. the, the Euros, the the pans, the Worlds, and all the. Yeah, but one of my biggest argument with this is that a show like yourself, right? You're getting people to come in, right? You got what is it? Grapple Club, Grapple Culture, all this yeah. type of stuff. Both putting out content. Yeah. For these people instantaneously, right? Promoting their stock even more. This is what right? I tell everybody. And like you could go, and I say this all the time. You, unless you get the flying triangle, yeah, or armbar, IBJJF, you're not getting an ounce of recognition. You probably get that, and you won't get anything anyway. Yeah, you no one will see it. No, no. one will have it. The unless IBJF won't stick it on unless you unless it's you know in their favour. Basically, either the people who they like on their channel or Flow are covering it, yep. and it's someone they're pushing. If you're just a random purple belt and you hit this flying triangle, and probably no one even filmed it, or it's on, you can put it on your own thing and try and get it tagged, but you know. Take the Euros, for example, with the camera setup. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, I was they don't, bring the, they don't bring the gear over here to do it. But I was like, they had four cameras, mm -hmm. and they decided to place it so you still couldn't see one of them, and it's typical, all the guys who were helping. That's what it was on. always like when I did IBGA. <laughs> it's only a flow start. I think the, the last couple of World Masters that I did, 2015, 2016, they were on flow. Really? All the other ones and all the other stuff they ever did, there was no, no cameras done, or like Boodoo or the IBGF, and put yeah. it on their own video, and it was just one camera on the mat, and it'd just be like, Hell there wasn't even like the eight cameras, it'd just move around sometimes, and you were lucky if you got on the mat. Oh. I won the Europeans, and I've got a little video of it with me, and I'm on the, not the mat that it's filming, the one in the background of the mat, <laughs> and you can just sort of see me little thing getting raised <laughs> on that. And I was like, oh, that's me video of me uh, winning the Euros, there I am, on oh, this. Oh, um, so yeah, but it's it, because they don't flow don't send their cameras over to Europe. No, so well, I don't know who's, where ah, they get the equipment from. I don't know who it does still, it or anything. It still fucks me yeah. off with ADCC with Europe about how like when we I think we've obviously chatted about this a few yeah, they times. Yeah, like, they filmed that one, then they did the ADCC Euro Trails flow flow film that. But one. even then, no like, commentary, nothing. Though. No commentary, right? And then on top of it, you go to the East Coast or the West Coast trials. I could just filter through. I could pick up whichever I wanted on Flow out on Euros. It was just like we'll just stick four cameras up and open the best. And it when, was just like, when Grapplefest was on Flow and I had a working relationship with him, I said to him, "I'll go." to Poland and do the commentary for you. I'll go and do it. And he said, oh yeah, we'll have a think about that. Never got back to me. Don't get it. <laughs> Don't get it. I said, I'll go on and do it. I said, I know them all. Yeah. I said, I'll go for it, I'll do it. And I said, even if you wanted me to do like the finals matches or something, you know, near the Just, end of the yeah. day. Or, you know, or, the, or they have that, what is it, flow zone where they have one camera that's, they pick yeah. a match to do a good match and they commentate on that. I said, I'll go and do that for you, no problem. That's mad. I, I wasn't asking for any money for it either. No, yeah, but you just, think, you just <laughs> want to promote it and just uplift it yeah. just that little bit more. But again, it just seems to be, I don't know, I'm not saying obviously flow intending trying to keep Europe small and everything and what it's in. Well, the market's America, isn't it? They, didn't, you know, they did it, so it's... Uh, you still haven't got any shows on in Europe now. It's mad. You know, you think they'd want that. You'd think the American market, again, you think they'd want to push out into, into mm. Europe and stuff, wouldn't they? You know? Who knows? We'll see how it develops over time. Obviously, it's growing as it is at the moment. And obviously, again, it's all, all really interesting when it comes to it. Um, I'm conscious of how long we've been chatting yeah, about Yeah, sorry, this. mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and <laughs> stuff like that. Um, oh, we've got a list of questions, which I'm okay. going to res result to my beautiful assistant, Joel. Oh, okay, so where do we go here? Yeah, I'll just buy your phone if that's all right, quickly. Oh, you want to? Okay. I'll go through them all. I know one of them, so I'll start with this one, right? Which I know very, very true. And I think everyone, I'm actually going to use this as one of my questions tomorrow. 
Are you the leader of Bracey Gaha? No. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. No comment. Oh, it's gone from no and no comment. Okay, we'll have to find out. If it's not Even you... Even Liverpool, but you, you can't speak to authority in Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> so no comment answer for everyone. No comment. Who do you think does it? Who, who does own that page, do you think? I, I, I sort of know, but it's not me. It isn't actually. You still know? It's not, it's not me. Is it Lloyd? No. <laughs> <laughs> One final sponsor shout out to the team at Inner Chimp. Inner Chimp is a brand name that really speaks to grapplers and fighters. One we can believe and relate to on a personal level. Inner Chimp is simply catchy, right? And with small tweaks can be your general gym wear and casual wear and rash guards like this for men, women and children. Inner Chimp is ethically produced and has turned down cheaper production overseas to ensure this understanding that we only have one earth right which we need to look after this is the forefront of their production decisions and we want you our listeners and viewers to have a sense of accomplishment in knowing that you are doing your part when buying their products inner chimp tees are 100 organic cotton their packaging 80 percent recycled cardboard and all of their products are designed to last their production and manufacturing is in the uk trying and aiming to be as eco-friendly as possible leaving close to zero global footprint but to put it simply inner chimp has a massive passion for the sport attention to detail and our planet in mind and always at the forefront of your own inner chimp Go check out their website, www.inner-chimp.co.uk or go check out their Instagram at inner underscore chimp. Thank you for your time. That's why we sort of keep that joke running. That's why we keep <laughs> it It was running. the video. And, from... and me and him don't mind because we have the laugh. So yeah. it, it isn't us two, but it's someone who we both know. It was know. the video from the Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> he sent it me first. I was laughing. Oh, God. Right. I okay. might have supplied a bit of content on there now and again, but it's, it's not me. You contribute. You're fueling the... What he's saying is that tomorrow. It reminds me. There's radio shows you used to do all the time. Like You'll be like, who's the fugitive, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And you all go around Come and find me. <laughs> Like like it should be like a cash prize or something like that if you find out who it is. <laughs> oh god, right, okay, what have we got first? Uh I've been told to ask you about Mauritius was the first question. Apparently that was an experience and a half. Yeah, it was great. It was, it was really good. It was it was wild to be honest. I mean we had the whole thing was we had we got approached on PFL. Okay. And PFL were gonna do a show over there. And the guy we know who we've done some work with was helping them out with it. He's an, uh, an African guy <clears throat> from South Africa. And he said, do you want to get on, on the back of it? We'll do the MMA on the Saturday and you do the show on the Sunday. And we were like, yeah, let's do it then. Let's get it. So set everything up, got wheels in motion, spent a fortune on flights and springing people over and getting it sorted. And they pulled out. <laughs> so I was like, all oh, right. In for a penny, in for a pound, let's, let's fucking go. So wow. yeah, we shut off and we went. Uh, didn't know anything about the infrastructure, didn't know anything about what cat, I mean, we were sorting out for ages, but yeah. the answers were really difficult to get, trying to get the grapplers, trying to get the, everyone in together. Um, I didn't know if the camera was going to be up to it, you know, some of the equipment, but I was secured, I'd seen it, and in the end we were like, okay, let's just sort of do it. The venue that we were supposed to be in was going to be an old singing, old dancing one that they've got sorted, but when they went, we were like, well, we've just got to go with the, with the venue. So we ended up getting a venue off the um, the local, the government got involved. I mean, the deputy prime minister came to the show, did a speech <laughs> in the show. It's mad, yeah, honestly, it was crazy. And these guys, 
like it was the best thing they've ever done in their lives. You know, they've had a few people say, oh, it didn't look great where you were in on the show. And everything's like, mate, we're in Mauritius, which is a, basically a third world country. Mm. These guys loved it. We brought the show to them, went in there. It was crazy, you know, and did it. And, we brought, and so I still get messages off them now, you know, saying, oh, could you ever coming back and this and that, you know, and everything. I'm like, I could do, mate, but it cost me a bloody fortune. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that was the old premises one. But yeah, it was good. It was really good. And the, you know, the, the Daisy Fresh guys, Kale came with us, they had a brilliant time. They loved it and showed yeah. them a bit of this. And, you know, it was, just, it was an amazing time. And then we came back and I think we did it on that weekend. We flew back. Yeah, we did come back. And then we had a, a big grapple fest on the, the Saturday. So I basically flew all around the world, came around. I think God knows how many flights and how many hours flying. And then did another did, did a show on the Saturday. Sure. And then went, you should yeah. have done the Dana like contender series. It was like wild. for a contender yeah. type thing, yeah, yeah, flying yeah. around everywhere. <laughs> it, was, it was getting to that point. But I'd like to, we'd like to, we'd like to, the idea was to sort of try and take it a bit international. We were going to, we had some talks in Dubai and stuff like that. We're going to do it. But it's, it didn't take off. A lot of them were down to the mic. So my problem with my back as well, because it mm. just, I had, I'd just recovered from the first surgery. We did that. And then it all went wrong again. And I ended up in hospital for, well, well nah. for about three, three, three or four months. So that put a page a lot on them, a lot of mm. everything, which this is why we only know three shows this year. I said the usual four because I couldn't basically, we normally do want to end of Jan, start of Feb. And I, yep. just, I was having surgery at the end of January and I said, so we'll have to just man, move the first one to I think it was April the 1st, wasn't it? Yeah, because April Fool's Day, I remember picking that date. <laughs> and um, yeah, so, we had to, so we've knocked on. And then this year we had then the ADCC trials. Yeah. The 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 Euros Nogi and the uh, was it the Pans Nogi which they're all like close together with yeah. oh the West Coast trials sorry no, the, oh the East Coast trials we're all close together and I was like I'm not doing a grapple fest then it's just pretty much because you won't get the people you want so. no you're gonna get so we're not too bad. so we've done three this year which is like the least we've ever done a year we did five out of the year so like I said this is the 18th 18th show so oh, nice. right let's move on to what do we have next on there right. Oh, okay. That's an interesting one. Cool. What's your thoughts on the steroids use in BJJ? Uh, and should be testing Good. be done uh, at the top promotions? Take take it all. Take, take it as all. Much trim, as much as you want. I want to see pride. <laughs> <laughs> pride rules. Killing each other. Um, I mean, listen, it's up to you, isn't it? You know what I mean? So to, I don't think people should be taking steroids if they're going to be pro athletes before you know, doing that. If you're going to ever do it, TRT and stuff like that, I think it's absolutely fine. Yep. But people smashing gear for a grappling match, I'm like, you know, it's not, not if you're not a pro, serious pro athlete. And stuff. I get why Gordon does it, he's taking risks and the guy's earning, he's getting $250,000 or $200,000 a match off flow mm. and I think he's getting something about the same off fight pass yeah for his fights you know what I mean? You're going to damage it. Yeah, I get it, mate. I get it. Go on, do it, yeah. But if you're fighting in the Bristol Open, mate, and you're smashing a load of gear before it, then you probably need to have a word with yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you're 25. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you might need to word yourself. And then, you know, in MMA, it's a different matter because striking and strength and stuff like that, you know, that, that comes into it. It's a different thing. But, you know, for, for grappling, I'm just, it's going to be there, mate, all the time. It's too expensive to test. Too expensive. I try and explain this to people. It's not as straightforward it's not as like, straightforward. No. And then who are you going to pick? And if I signed up to, you know, I'm not going to sign up to you, Asda. What's the first three letters of it? USA. What the yeah. fuck am I going to sign up to USA? Nah. Something in the USA. Interesting. You know what I, mean? you... I know there's WADA and stuff like that, but the protocol. And guys who are just, you know, normal guys, I've got to give them a lift of pool. And then it's like, so you're a normal guy and you're working in a factory in nine till five and they knock on your door at four o'clock in the morning and say, you need to have a piss test because you've got a grappling match on Grapplefest that you're getting paid 100 quid for in two weeks' time. I'm like, well, yeah, all right, mate. Who's going to sign up for that? I'm yeah. not paying you. I can't afford to pay for that. It's interesting <laughs> you do say that, again, in terms of the 
I always tell people it's called performance enhancing drug, yeah. right? There's no point if you haven't got the performance, right? The training. What, what are you going to enhance? In the what are you going to enhance, <laughs> right? And I know plenty of people, unfortunately, who use performance enhancing drugs and still look like a bag of soup, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And you're just like, what's the fucking point? Yeah, they're taking right? the diet, the diet properly with it. Or no, exactly. But, so. but I mean, I think the top guys they're using it for recovery more than anything. It isn't magically going to make you better. No. any better and your skill level is not going to get better your brain ain't going to get any better it's basically your recovery so it's letting you train more so you will get better because you're training more but you're not going to get you're not going to suddenly go from taking an eight week course of, of, of test suddenly going to turn to Gordon right that's just bullshit you know right. what I mean so. the same thing I've said you know I said Gordon at the moment I think I'd rather see him with, with a bad bob and see if that's still in effect like, when, 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 when he was off at that pitch you know the before and after yeah. I'd like to have seen him have a match like yeah, that exactly and I, I reckon because let's face it we did see him like that in EBI when he first came out and he was yeah. smoking people so I'm like I still think he'd be pretty good yeah it'd be funny it'd be funny um, right okay but who didn't want to see Galvao and Gordon when they looked like that I know the match was shit but they both took that much gear. Pride, like that. We all pride. wanted to watch it, didn't we? Yeah. It was just, just for a freak show. <laughs> it was, I think, was it the first heavy collar tie from Galvao to oh, Gordon yeah, or something? Like, I was like, there we go. I was like, yeah, this is exactly what we want. <laughs> oh, God, right. We've got another one, I think, obviously a bit of a joke. But can you teach some flashy Instagram techers? Yeah, I think it was the first my pet hate. <laughs> I think everyone knows my thoughts on that. Um, but people think they come in, generally come up to me and go, yeah, I've seen this one. And I'm just <laughs> Here's your phone. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. just, just burn that, mate. Burn it. Unsave it, please. No. Um, how many fake black belts can you spot? I don't think I've ever come across one, to be honest. Like a, a, a guy who's like, you know, bullshitting. I don't think I've ever actually come across. I think it's like more of a. There was more back in the day, I think, when, when people, you know, the internet wasn't as much now. Yeah. But they, I mean, they always say you could literally. You should be able to say to someone and say, what day did you get your black belt and did you get it off? I remember, uh, you know, people saying that, but I always get my date. I got, I always forget whether it's the 16th or the 18th. But I got, but I know it, what, what month it was and what year it was. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I always remember get mixed up between the 16th and the 18th. But you can pretty much, I knew who you got it off and where you were. Yeah. So it's pretty easy. But I think it's more of a, a bit of a myth now. I don't think there's many, there's many sort of a, around. But there's a lot of shit ones. <laughs> That's different though. But yeah. they've got the belt legit. Yeah. But it doesn't mean you know they're any good. There's loads of shit. Being shit, I mean, a fake one's different, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, that's fair. Uh, biggest challenge creating a recognized, successful event to compete with Polaris, for example. What are the biggest challenges? For me, really, it's the, it's the money, really, behind it. You know, I know what they get off Fight Pass mm -hmm. pretty much, and uh, compared to what I get, it's like five times my budget. <clears throat> if I had that, I'm pretty sure I could create the best show in the world, but I haven't. It's Funded independently, yeah. Quote from some amazing sponsors. Pretty much the rest when I first set it up, you know, we just chucked some money in and went, let's see where we go. Yeah, Do you know what I mean. Uh, so the biggest stumbling block is finances, and now people like that's asking some crazy money now as well. It's like, you know, I'm like, I know it's. So you say, oh, it's only 10 minutes, man. It isn't. It's the lifetime grappling to get them there. And like, I am a big believer in that thing of, you know, the guy who can come in and fix the electrician problem. It's, yep. You're not paying me for that 10-minute job. You pay me for it's the 20-year service. I'm a big believer in that, total believer in it. But it, it's getting a bit out of hand now, whereas I'm like, it financially can't be done. And we see more, since I've been doing this in loads of these big shows, come in with a big backer, all that, and they're all singing, all dancing. I'm going, Jesus Christ, how much have they spent? Um... And I know it's not sustainable, so either somebody's not bothered, mm. and they, you know, the billionaire, and they're not bothered, you know, it's been a few of those, but they get bored, yeah. disappear, 
or you know they've got they've got a, even even the billionaire millionaire is still going to want an element of like return from it. And yeah, it I think not... in the end they'll, they'll turn around and go, yeah, well that's great, we've got it, but this is never going because they don't get to be billionaires by no. nothing, do they? No. They know what they're doing. So in the end, they sort of go on that because I was a great example of that, wasn't it? It was huge. It went mad. They were paying big wages. They were signing people on contracts and all that sort of stuff. He was a hedge fund guy. Loaded. Loved being on the mic in front of everyone. Yeah. Talking. Brought out BJJ Fanatics DVD. Just disappeared. I know we had some help from something like that, but he's not going to run that show. Mate. He was, no. he's, I know what it'd be costing. They hired that building in Manhattan. It was something like 100 grand for the, for the night to <laughs> out. I'm like, well, you, you've just well, lost, you've just lost 98 grand there yeah. straight away. 100. <laughs> you know? It's stupid. It's crazy. Uh, ha. what's his views on crystal heating on back injuries <laughs> yeah I've got loads of those as well people telling me to fucking use crystals what was the other one fucking uh, I don't know ice baths so you know oh, all you this sort of shit that. like oh my god you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. it was, <laughs> that was Andrew that was it fucking yeah. <laughs> I was like fucking yeah shut like, those crystals up your ass yeah. and you'll be fixed in fucking <laughs> two weeks <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> oh, God, right. Especially when you're in bed in hospital and you can't move and some twat on Instagram is telling you to go, yeah, get these healing crystals and you're like, mate, if I could, I would literally throttle you right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, right. A non-jujitsu related one, which is actually quite funny. Right. If your pecker made a noise when it got hard, what noise would it be and what would you want? It's got to be like a pile driver or something, or a jackhammer or something. It's got to be something aggressive, isn't it? Oh, can't, can't be high pitched. Uh, the next question is just stupid. Why am I not on grapple first? But don't, 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 don't. what dickhead did I say? He just like <laughs> ever since you told me about him, I've not been able to get rid of him. He's like a bad <laughs> smell. You, he just follows me around everywhere. It's annoying, man. Um, what is the best Gracie Baja in your opinion? The best one. I, used to, I did used to do some training at one back in the day, which, which was a good one. Preston was a good one, but I think that's all fell apart and all changed now. But they were decent. They were, you know, we would take the piss now, mm. but the original ones were good. You know, like all the top guys, especially like with the headquarters one in Rio and all, all the good guys were there. But I think it just franchised off into this, yeah. you know, thing. And don't get me wrong, listen, as much as we take the piss, some of those schools have got it right. They've got 200 students. Yep. They're driving around in brand new Beamers. They're making a proper good wage out of it. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you'd be taking the piss and, you know, people, you know, are struggling to pay the bills in the gym. So I get what they're doing, but then it's, this becomes this jujitsu for everyone. It's not. <laughs> it's line not for it. everyone. It's interesting because I see some of those schools and, again, obviously, where everyone takes the piss and stuff, there's some individuals that work their fucking nuts off, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. to try and have not just one school, but two or three or yeah, four yeah, I, know, I know guys who are legit competitors as well and they've got yeah. three or four schools now. And, and they're trying to it. push it even and more. They're 30, 33 years old, you know, and I'm like, they're minted and they're doing, and I'm like, I can't knock you for that, mate. But you are selling a TMA the mm. way you're doing it. Yeah. It, is a, it is a TMA, you know what I mean? You turn it into what, you turn it into what we used to laugh at, Japanese jiu-jitsu. Mm. You turn it back into that. It's going full circle. We've gone those circles. It's going <laughs> back like that. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's turning around like that. But you can only you know. hope, obviously, <laughs> people, I think, there's where, some legit ones still, though. There are. Also, some proper legit ones still. Uh, and I think it comes back to my my preference on, like I said, we still call myself a gym gypsy in the sense of cross-training. Yeah, you like right? going around. Doing like going around, trying a different... I think you cannot get a more raw environment of you having a competition, right, than going to try a different gym. Yeah. yeah. Not saying you have to go to competition yeah, levels in terms no, of no, it. You can go and have a proper role, can't you? But I've rolled with people before who say, like, oh, I'm this belt, and I'm there, like... You just don't move like what you're supposed to. <laughs> you can to. tell, can you? I, really quickly, right? And it's, it's like I said about black belts just before. You can tell. You know, there's mm. guys I know in, in our gym who are 
purples and, and they'd kill most and kill these battles. And I'm like, it yeah. doesn't matter anymore. The yeah. belts don't. We get to a certain level, they don't matter. I'd like to see gee comps be be beginner, intermediate, advanced. Really? Set in IBGF, the same. That's interesting. Yeah, I'd like to see them like that. Just, yeah. just get rid of it. I think they could go. I'd, I'd like to see white and black like it used to be. Just white belt and black belt. So you can get until you're promoted, you're in that division. Yeah. And it's just you fight and see who wins it. And then it win your black belt, you're in black belt. I'd like to see yeah, it like that and get rid of all the other ones. But people give up, don't they? Because they don't, they don't train for the same. We like going back to right at the very start of it, we trained because we loved it back in the day. People train to get a belt now. And they do. There's yeah. loads of them around. So. Why is it only, well, other than Mauritius, why only Fusion and then Liverpool, for example? Why have we not gone anywhere else to get the grapple first? I have thought about it, um, and it, we might still do it. We might still move around. When was uh, Gordon Ryan signed up and we were going to do that, I was going to do a bigger venue for that one, but it was going to be in Liverpool still, um, place down the road. Uh, Fusion initially come around. Uh, I ran the door there. Ah, okay. mate. It's my mate, it was my mate's club. Right. And he redid it all and got these events. He was doing them and he was sort of saying, blah, blah, blah. I did it. He's a degle mate of mine. Um, and we initially did it in there for that. And then he gave me a good deal on the thing. Yeah. And he gets the bar and blah, blah, blah. And it works really well. And the venue and everyone loved it. <laughs> but then we've done a lot of shows there and I get it. And we might, you know, I, we have thought about moving it around. But the only thing is, as well, I know the full setup and I know everything. It runs, now. it's perfect. Yeah. I'd have to come and do a week in the other place and can you get access, can you get this, can we set off, you know, can we do a dummy run? Because the first grapple fest we did, we winged it. Really? Yeah, we just got a film crew in, he's been mate, I'd done promote some MMA shows back in the day, he'd come in, he said, I'll do the film crew, he's, he's going to set up. We did like, we broadcast a bit on YouTube and then yeah. did a bit of a pay-per-view. Uh, we got the mats, got me mates to bring to get us the mats. We got, you know, we, we, we're setting up on the day going, where should we put this? We, we got in at like 10 in the morning trying to do it and we winged it really. Sort of did it and we, we'd been down and we'd looked and we didn't, you know, we, and we got it right. It, it looked great, fucking great when you watch it by, you know, it looks dead amateur now, but yeah. you know, it did look good. And so, it, and everyone loved it. And everyone who kept coming and Craig Jones was coming and the other thing, my owls are coming and the tasting is and, you know, all the people coming and every time they're in there, they go, man, this is the best venue I've ever been in. So I'm like, why am I going to change it? <laughs> also, Liverpool is easy to get to with, well, when they're actually running train networks, road networks, pretty easy. You know, mm. you, you can direct from London, you can, it's two and a half hours on the train, whatever it is. Uh, so that's pretty easy. It's got an airport that's easy to fly into. The infrastructure's there. Yeah, the infrastructure's there. Yeah. You stick it, even like Manny can be a bit harder to get to. Manchester can be a little bit harder, to, you know, just a motorway. It's a little bit diff more difficult to get to. Polaris were in the south doing, back in the day, they were doing the O2 back then. They used to write that, which is God knows how much that used to cost them. Well, I actually know. Um, a lot of money. Um, and they were right down south where I think. Uh, Scrambles base isn't it really really sort of the Southampton uh, or somewhere down the right the right Portsmouth down there around or some, somewhere Portsmouth really area. down so they were yep. down there so we thought well we'll stay in the north you, you sort of stay down there but it's something I am open to and I am open to uh, to moving it about yeah so yeah fair enough right uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. Ooh. Mm. biggest match up that you haven't yet made but hope to in the next year obviously can't say but I've I've got a, I've got a good one that I think I'm going to pull off next year. That's yeah. pretty much yeah been in chats and talks. So 
yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's hard to say until you've dotted all the I's and crosses. No, I know. Yeah. I remember one match, obviously, on the last show that we were look, all looking forward to, which was was it J and P, PJ? Yeah, 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 yeah. And then yeah. you said about how there's fucking passport yeah. fucking issues, yeah, and I was just like, Jesus yeah. Christ, of all fucking. <laughs> Mate, I've heard, I've, yeah, I've heard and done, dealt with everything over the years, so it's like it just gets thrown, and you just go, all right, well, let's <sighs> just let's just deal with it, and move on. So, top three tips for growing a promotion. Now, I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't bother because it's getting oversaturated, I think. They're just popping up every two seconds and it's quite difficult and I don't, I don't think the UK's big enough because we've got Polaris and Grapple Fest and I don't think the UK's there for like another big one. There's only so many guys and so many de- and there's only so many people there. If you're in America, it's huge, isn't it? And you've got yeah. the catchment areas and most of the cities have got millions of people in them. I think it's going to be tough. So if you just want to do your local one, it's sound. But the hardest thing is really building the relationships. Um, it's changing now because I knew everybody when we first started. I pretty much knew every person, every coach did the speech to everyone. In those six years, it's grown huge and it's grown massively since COVID. But now I, st- I know most of the coaches. <clears throat> so the coaches approach me with the guys and go, listen, I've got this purple belt coming through. He's the sort of, let, let me have a look at him. And I always say to him, put a highlight reel together. Let me have a look at him. Let me see, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And I've got to, you know, decide them. But the biggest thing that I've done, which I think has been the success, is is, is how much time I put into matchmaking. I don't think anyone, and I'm not, I will blow my own trumpet, yeah. <laughs> I don't think anyone watches as much, as much tape, so to call it, as me. And I think I can literally look at people and go, those two are brilliant, but they won't go well together in a match. But him and him will, and him and him will, you know, and they put them together. And I think people just go, yeah, he's 70 kilo purple, and he's 70 kilo purple, and they both won two golds, and yeah, let's put them together. And I'm like, that necessarily doesn't work. Interesting. Doesn't work. And you see that all the time in IBGF tournaments. Mm. Two of the best guys can meet, and it's shit. Yeah. Shit, I've had it on. I've had it happened on Grapple Fest, and I've gone, "This can be brilliant," and I've like, but it's rare. It's rare. I, I can count on my hands. No, I wouldn't think I'd have to use all my fingers to go there. They were terrible matches. You know. I hate to say this, the one match I think I was looking forward to a lot last time, and it didn't go as like as fireworks as I thought, which was um, Tom and Felipe. Yeah, yeah. And well, Tom did studies. He studied him. I was thought that one because because Tom normally have a, have a ghost stand. They're also yeah. stood up with what's his name, didn't he? Uh, Pedro Mourinho was it? Or, yeah, yeah, and it was the other one. What was the other one that she? I think he did ADCC. No, Gal was it Gal? Oh, I can't remember. The one he, he, did, he down, did ADCC so. London, and he stood up for that. He's Wendley yeah. Andrew Lopez, yeah. and he stood up for all the matches. And so when I saw Felipe and him, I was like, Felipe's wrestling's mint. That was mint. And I, and I thought Tom, pretty clever. He thought me way to win is trying to get underneath him, and he just couldn't. Yeah. yeah. But you know, we've had a couple. You know. Couch and Tom Breeze was, was obviously, uh, you know, thought it'd be good, bad. Oh, the, Big the, Dan, uh, uh, who was you last with? Mark McQueen. That yeah, happened, that happened yeah. a bit too quickly. Yeah, so, yeah well, I think Dan's just a monster, isn't he? You know, oh, he's a specimen. Yeah. But Mark McQueen's just get handled like that is something else. But to be fair, I remember Big Dan saying, I went to do his Uchi Matt throw, and he said, Matt didn't even move. And he's like, <laughs> like, oh shit. <laughs> so, you know, I might, we all know how good Mark is. Um, but I remember the first big match he ever put together, Rafa Fest 2, Craig Jones, Mateus Diniz, everyone wanted to see him fight. They were the two big guys in the 88 kilo division, never fought. I thought this would be fucking brilliant, it's going to be the best thing ever, put it main event, packed out, sold loads of tickets, put us on the map, Flo grappling, rang me, got on to me and said, do you want to get on with us? I'm like, yeah, sign with Flo, we made it. One of the worst matches we've ever had. <laughs> it was terrible. And Craig, don't mind me saying that, I don't think it, it was a 20 minute store fest. Fuck. And you felt the atmosphere go, oh. by the end of, because we did 20 minutes then. 
Oh, the main event. I bet you were sat there. Well, the first main event we ever did was no time limit. Really? Yeah, Jack Grant and Ross Nichols. Yeah, it went 35 minutes. But it was wow. good. It was good. They were just killing each other. It was brilliant. Watch it. If you see it, it's on YouTube. Oh, brilliant. But they did that. We did that. Two big names. Two best, probably number, you know, at the time, the best two everyone wanted to watch. See, tuning over. I've got videos of, of uh, Marcelo Garcia watching it on his phone, photographing him, going, I'm like, yeah, Marcelo's watching me. I made yeah. it. Worst match ever. <laughs> I bet you so, wanted to swat the ground to swat you yeah, up a little bit yeah, at that like, point. <laughs> you know, so I, I, I remember a couple, there was a couple of comments on the internet and I, you know, I think you know me, I'm always laughing at comments and I laugh at them and you can say anything but I was like, they did sting a bit because like, shit, I put everything into that, that show. Yeah. You know what I mean? I put all my money behind it. All the lines, like that, all, all the stars like, are aligning. But, yeah. but it got us on the map and it got us going and big props to Craig and even Craig said it was terrible, you know what I mean? He, was like, he just laughed on it. He, he scores a spade, a spade yeah. done as well. I love him. And uh, you know we got him back for he came back for Grapple Fest three. Did he fight? God, I just lost me now. Anyway, but he came back to loads of those. And Mateus came back as well. Yeah, and he's come back and he had a good fight. He fought Dan Strauss, I think actually, you know, and then got him. So he's uh, yeah, it's good. So they had good other fights against other people, which were brilliant. You yeah. know what I mean? But they were together and they did the same. Did the ADCC final. Mm. The year later, 2019, did they find it was the same match as that. It was exactly the same match, <laughs> and that was that was 15 minutes or whatever is it? It's 15 or 20, 15 or 20 in the finals. I think one of the things, obviously, with the matches, even the prelims, what I still say to this day with Gaz Priestley versus I know there's no you Jesus, I Stephen Biddles. That match was back tomorrow. Just insane. <laughs> brilliant, one of brilliant. Was just so, and like, there's always a couple on the prelims that are like that. Always prelims getting going. Yeah, because the, pre, the prelims guys, and I'll say to them, well, you hear me saying that in the in the rules meeting, listen. Don't be afraid of losing. You know, be afraid of being boring because you won't come back if you're boring. And we've had people who've won on Grapple Fest. They were that boring. They've never come back. Mm. And they asked me, "How oh, come I, I beat him?" And I'm like, "I'll tell them. I'll say, mate, it's Just a pain in. event. With people, you've got to come. You've got to have some sort of, you know, of a what's the word responsibility to put on a show. Yeah, you know, it's an entertainment factor. Yeah, it's an entertainment factor. To it. It. And, and we're known for that. We're known for it, so yeah. it's all good. Um, right, we've got the final two staple questions because I know that? my wife's going to kill me with the time <laughs> and stuff at the moment. We've got heat and stuff. Staple question number one is once it's all said and done, how do you want to be remembered? In what? In jujitsu or life? Just in life. Um, Jesus, we're all forgotten about aren't we? pretty soon. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a. Uh, just yeah, I'd like to think people say I'm pretty fair with people. I say say it how it is. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, as much as people think, because I know loads of people and everything, I have got quite a small circle of friends. You know, like that. So it's uh, as long as they think I'm all right and your family like me, and pretty much it. Isn't it? Everyone else can call me a cunt. Like that. <laughs> 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 I get out. I'll put on a t-shirt. Everyone else can call me a cunt yeah. as long as my close friends think I'm decent. <laughs> Um, okay, uh, final question of the evening then will be, um, if I can remember this off of my head, gosh, I'm forgetting this already, oh, I'm going to fluff this now, I'm in a blank. Is it your, your unpopular? The, the no, well, we can get, actually, actually, I can go on to those so ones then, go on. We'll I remember you, I, remember, I, just, I just remembered you guys. Yeah, we'll go through the other ones, I never actually got the chance to ask you then, so um, we'll run these out quickly. You get your hand raised, you get your dub, what's your post-fight meal going to be? Oh, mate, I eat anything, honestly. I'm What's the one you're going for, though? It's got to be something you're hunting. No, they're, never normally, they're normally all me is. I'd, I'd normally, I'll have anything from burgers, pizzas, Chinese, Indian, and a couple of pints. I'm, <laughs> I'm happy. Any of those. Any of those. All yeah. happy with that. I literally eat any food, me. Yeah, nice. Uh, unpopular jiu-jitsu opinion. There's got to be one in particular, because I know you've probably got a list of these things. but The main one, 
it's which I think has maybe become more popular is no gi is way more technical than gi, and Ooh. it's a fact, and you can't argue it because basically all the people all the arguments that the the people use, saying oh there's more moves you can do more things that doesn't matter. What matters is the, you're controlling someone to get the submission. Mm. Now it's way everyone they'll all say yeah it's harder to do it in no gi because they're all too explosive in athletics. Another one from yeah you need to train gi and do better in no gi. It's all bullshit. If you can control someone in no gi who's piss wet full of sweat, who's bouncing around, who's athletic, you are way more technically better grappler than you are yeah. holding someone down with, with grapplers. That's a fact. Mm. So it might be unpopular only because people have been talking bullshit for the last 30 years saying about you need to train the gi. It's the truth. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, it's very valid as well. Uh, final question has actually come to me now, which is great. Cool. <laughs> so... Um, and I've just lost it again. For fuck's sake, <laughs> what the hell is going on? I can't believe I'm doing this. I think it's going to eat Oh, God. It's <laughs> It's been a long day. Oh, God. I'm not even about. He tried to take me down. I ended up taking him down. Like, oh! oh yeah. He had a single leg and flopped it all. Um, oh, what was it? He'll be telling you he's injured next. Uh, he could have hurt me as well. Trying to beat up blue belts. He thinks he's getting his black belt as well. It's funny. <laughs> Can't even beat a blue belt up. <laughs> oh, God. Right. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Ah, I've got it. Right. There we go. What failure do you cherish the most? In in, in sports? Or whatever you prefer. Yeah, say I go back to that sport one when, when I lost in that final of the... Because uh, uh, the, I put loads into that. Yeah. Into that uh, the world massive, massive comp, uh, you know, for the numbers-wise and all that. And I put loads into it and then I, I was beating everyone. Got, I think... The matches before got a, you know got a, I think three subs one decision uh, one point I went into that last one then end up losing and I was pissed like I said proper pissed a picture of me pissed off on the very number two and uh, so I made sure I'm coming back next year to win it and, and did it's a year later and it, but the time's horrible isn't it you think oh poor mm. lad and couldn't sleep that night which looking back it sounds pathetic don't I couldn't sleep after a jiu jitsu tournament but I put everything into it for like yeah. you know a, a good six months or so solid training weight and doing comps and stuff. And uh, yeah, so it drove me on. So yeah, if you you know, sometimes a good loss is kicking. It's like getting tapped in the gym, innit? Mm. Get tapped every couple of months, something. It's normally me, me being lazy, just getting rolling on something like someone catches you or something like yeah. that. And then for the next thing you you build up and you go. So it's like it's good it's good to get beaten up every now and again and lose, innit? It is it's good for you. It's good for you, it's, you know, it's good for your mind, I think, and it Definitely. sorts you out. So yeah. Probably that one. Talk about sports. It's been a load of my personal life, but we'll leave them. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, note and bombshell, should we say, well, Chris, thanks very much for your time, mate. Really appreciate awesome, mate. it. Good really stuff. looking forward to tomorrow. Um, and then, yeah, thanks for your time. Good appreciate chill. it. Nice one, mate. Oh, I couldn't think of that final question for the life <laughs> of me. And I, Getting late, innit? Yeah.